Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today it's Dubbing Art 344. We are on the road to WrestleMania. Pleasure to be joined by Jaxi Scarlett. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Even better to have you on the show. And of course, like I said, we're on the last stop before WrestleMania. Uh, Definitely we excited. Well, I say, does it feel like we're this close to WrestleMania now? You know, WrestleMania this weekend. Mm. I mean, I think especially with um, the events that took place last night um, it, with the Hall of Fame, it's starting to feel like it's that that road to WrestleMania uh, sort of few few, few days. Um, I definitely, you know, enjoyed kind of catching up with what went down at the Hall of Fame and everything like that. So I'm, I, I am intrigued. Um, but yeah, as, as, as we get into uh, this episode, I'm sure you'll see where bits of excitement die down. <laughs> yeah, I think without a doubt, but like I said, it's a huge WrestleMania week and the webinar uh, is with you listening along as well. Don't forget, of course, last Friday we released NXT UK to catch up, of course, NXT UK Prelude, which is on Thursday. The NXT update for the massive takeover event happening Wednesday and Thursday night. And of course, right now, we're on the road to WrestleMania, of course, Hall of Fame we dropped last night as well. We're going to be covering, like I said, the events of Raw and SmackDown leading up to WrestleMania. We start off with Raw the 22nd of March. And of course, last time out was Fastlane. Uh, but the first match of the night saw Lashley take on Sheamus. The Celtic Warrior went through a war with McIntyre on Sunday. So he came in a bit uh, busted and bruised. Another distraction from Alexander allowed Lashley to hit Spinebuster to apply the Hurt Lock for the win hurt business kept attacking Sheamus after the match until Drew McIntyre made the save. And afterwards, Lashley and MVP bollocked Benjamin and Alexander. So we have the first match and um, it's the first time ever Sheamus tapped out in a match. Uh, I weren't sure if he was turning face or not. What were you thought, thinking of this very first segment? I mean, I think that that was my question as to whether or not they were trying to do um, a face change or not. Um, especially because I didn't really understand the reasoning for this match right at the very beginning of Raw. Like, there was no explanation as to why this match was taking place and considering we had had Fastlane the, the, the night previously. Um, yeah, Seamus came out very battered and stuff, so it, it was questionable. Um, and I also feel like uh, Drew coming out at the end was kind of maybe solidifying that. However, I mean, what we're going to get into in the next few Raws I'm not 100% sure he is turning. <laughs> no, but this is the thing. The weird note is one of the notes I put is, is Seamus turning. The other one I put are oh, her, oh, her business breaking up. Um, just yeah. because of the way Lashley and MVP kind of, you know, talk down to Alexander and Benjamin. But of course, like I said, there's a lot to cover and we're going to get onto that, you know. Um, and then after giving a fiery promo during a recent episode of Raw Talk, which we spoke about, Peyton Royce was given a chance to face Oscar. Uh, the Empress of Tomo took control early with shoulder tackle, but Royce stayed in the fight. The champ tried to apply the Oscar lock, but Royce counted for a two count. Royce hit a double foot stomp for the top turnbuckle for never near fall. Royce eventually tapped out to the Oscar lock. Uh, Ray Ripley's music hit. She came down to the ring to issue a challenge for WrestleMania. Oscar accepted the challenge right away. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It's great to see Peyton Royce getting a chance, isn't it? It, I mean, it was really, and I think that um, I was the one disappointing thing that I will say about the match. Even though I I didn't really think that you know at at this point Peyton would have had the ability to beat Oscar, but I would have liked the match to have gone a bit longer just for Peyton to be able to show a lot more of what she could do. Um, 
So I, I felt like it could have gone longer. But I think I was a, a, I, I was more annoyed by the ending. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone knows I've got a major bias towards Oscar because she's she's just my favorite, my number one. Um, however, I'm very excited at, at this challenge. But I just felt like the storyline was so lacking behind it. And considering they had like a good couple of weeks to be able to build something, I felt like uh, it was a really sloppy, quick sort of let's build up this storyline and just get this already this match already on the card sort of situation when it come, came to this. And especially when you compare it to, you know, the build up, the amount of build up for the men's matches. Uh, such as the triple threat with Daniel Bryan, Edge and Roman Reigns, that's been casually building up for the past few months. Um, then you've even got, you know, uh, Sasha, um, no, not Sasha and Bianca, sorry. Their build up uh, was a little bit better, but I don't know why they did the partnering. Um, but it's like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, they've had a lot of build up too, but there's, there was no build up with Rhea Ripley. And I, even though I am a huge fan of Rhea and I'm excited for this match, I just feel like, you know, her, it, with it being her first statement on Raw, it could have come, uh, the storyline could have come across better as to how she was going to be introduced into the title picture. I just think it was sloppy writing. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I'm going to go on to kind of rant in a little bit as well about the build up between mm. the Raw main events and the kind of SmackDown main events, you know, as opposed mm. to WrestleMania. Uh, back to the match, yep. I think, you know, Royce did look good. Oscar somehow always gets the best out of a worker. And that's something that, yeah. you know, it, it's so important. I don't know how she manages to do it sometimes. And, of course, we see one of the most dominant women in NXT uh, and also Ray Ripley. So that will be a very interesting matchup uh, to happen. Yeah. It's a shame it's only a three-week build. Like we said, Ripley seemed yeah. a bit stumbly in a promo. But I am looking forward to the match. I mean, what would you rather have, Charlotte versus Oscar again? Or no, Ripley no. Versus... <laughs> I, I am definitely happy that we are getting, um, uh, getting that. I mean, that being said, I also hope that Charlotte... Fl- Flair's uh, fully cleared in terms of uh, her uh, catching COVID um, and everything like that. But I I also just think that is good for Oscar to be facing someone else. Um, and I was a, a major complain, complainer about this, but Rhea Ripley is a good choice. Again, I just feel like the lack of build-up has made this as l- less exciting for others who may be new to wrestling and not know how big a deal both these two women are. I think that's, that's uh, again, that's an excellent point. And then we see the Miz and John Morrison were out after Miz TV. As soon as he had the mic, the A-lister started ranting about Bad Bunny. Jeff Hardy came up for a match and dared the Miz to fight without Morrison at ringside. The A-lister agreed. Morrison left the area after taking several Hardy signature moves. The Miz pushed him into the ring post and hit his finisher for the pin. And Bad Bunny then hit him with a guitar after the match and accepted the Miz's challenge. So looks like it's going to be Miz versus Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I think we all knew that this was coming. So I was not surprised in the slightest when um, when that happened. However, I am just going to make, uh, I don't want to you know, come across as if I'm complaining throughout the whole of this. So I really hope that that doesn't come across. But I am really upset. I, I felt upset for Jeff Hardy at that point because Jeff Hardy is such a brilliant wrestler. He's so talented. Um, and he he was not really part of this storyline. So I felt like him being used as a squash match for Miz just to then get sort of like Bad Bunny uh, ex- uh, involved to accept his match. I just think that they either should have gone with uh, some a smaller talent, younger talent that's um, not being aired. Maybe make him look more like a bu- Miz look more like a bully or something like that. But 
I mean, yeah, do, doing that to Jeff Hardy, I was a bit disappointed. He's one of my favorites. He's one of the wrestlers who got me into wrestling, you know, back in, back, back when I was younger. So I just expected more for for Jeff, you know, going into WrestleMania week as well. I thought maybe he would be featured somewhere. Um, so it's a bit of a disappointment there. Um, the Bad Bunny thing, we all know knew that this was going to happen right from the minute he was at Royal Rumble. So I can't say I'm excited by this, um, but I, I'm also not bothered by it. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of grinding on me a little bit, but I, just because I think now we've had so much build, I just want to kind of see the payoff. Well, I, and... think, I think we'll definitely like talk more about uh, this whole Bad Bunny situation as we go further into the progression of their storyline. But um, the one thing I do want to say is that I really do respect Bad Bunny in terms of the promos he's been giving. He's been showing up weekly um, and I'm excited to see what he does do in the ring because he has he has been vocal uh, to how much of a fan he is of wrestling. And I think that he is one of those superstars that will come to an event such as WrestleMania and actually give it his all rather than just going there for celebrity status. So I'm, I'm eager and excited to see, see see what he can bring out. Yeah, I think about that. And I think the other thing as well, you know, talk about Jeff Hardy and there's a certain few other wrestlers maybe that you could say because mm-hmm. i remember with tna uh, a few years back they said how you know a, a superstar could go there and just become another wrestler and i feel with mm-hmm. WWE sometimes uh, especially you know last couple of years uh, a c- certain star you know like a jeff harley former WWE world heavyweight champion you know is just mm-hmm. kind of cannon fodder at this moment in time he's kind of lost his last he's not special if you know what i mean and yeah i think that's down to wwe as much as it is to jeff all the superstar themselves you know agreed uh we get matt riddle calling aj cap because of survivor series i think matt riddle's a moron but i didn't mind that reference he really (laughs) is but i really can't help the fact that he does make me chuckle that does not mean that i always respect stuff that he comes out with and, and the way that he acts but he does make me chuckle. <laughs> well, we see Styles, Omos, Savi, was in Kingston. They all gave promos to hype their tag match at WrestleMania before Styles and Kingston had their scheduled match. And the New Day asked some questions to prove Styles doesn't know Omos that well. The phenomenal one got every question wrong. Uh, but AJ said bury them and Graves in the promo. And everybody thought he was going to... He's talking about an Undertaker rematch. I mean, bless their hearts, <laughs> you know? Um, yep. <laughs> I mean, Kofi, that was... That was so that- Thoroughly entertaining, and that was sort of a highlight on that role, I think. <laughs> this is the thing, and, and like you talk about uh, chuckling to Matt Riddle. I mean, with the New Day, obviously, you know, I've got a smile on my face when I see them, but Styles mm. and all, I'm uh, kind of, I don't know why it is making me laugh when it maybe sh- uh, shouldn't. And Kofi's English accent wasn't bad either. I mean, he, he did yeah. try it that one. <laughs> um, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know why, but like, but it's working for me, whatever's going on with AJ and Omos. And I just keep finding myself more and more intrigued to keep watching what they bring to the ring. Um, so I'm definitely excited to actually see Omos finally get into a ring. Uh, and then the other thing as well with New Day, the kind of, you know, talent sometimes get to a level where, you know, they probably don't have to check or they say, well, this is what we're going to do out here. And they're like, oh, yeah, fine, because they know they're going to hit it out of the park, so to speak, you know, so they can, mm. Kofi can do yeah. an issue, like, accent or they can do like a weird dance or all this kind of stuff. And it, it's going to work out. They can do what they want. Um, mm. Hit the phenomenal forearm, but was distracted with the, the trombone. Kingston hit the SOS to get the pin while Ormos was trying to deal with Woods. Uh, thoughts on this? 
Xavier Woods playing AJ's TNA theme on the trombone was a brilliant pull. <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't actually notice this myself until I actually watched the YouTube review on on that week's Raw, and then they actually mentioned it. I, I didn't actually notice he was playing that theme. That was one of my favourite TNA themes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you are, you are, I am, I am. But anyway, the um, yeah. when he did that, I kind of was like, oh my god, that's really, really good. Um, it will be interesting to see or I must wrestle. Uh, this was a good mm. match between, um, of course, Kofi and AJ, but with the amount of talent involved, you know, how could it not be, really? Yeah. Um, and then backstage, bro got his uh, scooter in his midsection by an angry fella. Uh, and then up next, McIntyre agreed to hand Kofi one. Benjamin Alexander would be banned for ringside at WrestleMania. I know, it's huge. <laughs> huge. Uh, as the former WWE champ began to regain his composure, he started throwing his opponents around the ring. He now Benjamin Alexander with two Claymore kicks for the win. What were your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, yeah, it it didn't excite me as much, but it, it was okay, I suppose. I mean, what did you think about it? I, I think they're booking Drew and they're going the same way as Cena and Reigns and fans will eventually turn against it. Okay, when, right, okay, yeah. right. Now I can actually say what I'm really feeling because of I really kind of didn't want to sound like a downer, but I don't want to get bored of Drew. Of Drew. Yeah. Like, I felt a little bit bored. Well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of McIntyre, but they can't... Me too, but the storyline itself... It's the storyline, it's the one faces of, like, it, her business are, are, are popular, you know, tag team champions they were, you know, like, mm. really popular mm. team. And I mean, the, just, whole, the whole group was, like, such a popular group. And if I, they, I, yeah, no, I completely yeah. agree. And if they sacrifice, uh, or it, with Drew, if he keeps picking up these wins, it's going to be the, the fans who are, you know, get on his back anyway. And they'll start having mm-hmm. that negative response. It's the same thing that happened with Cena, with the kind of old Super Cena booking. There's a certain yeah. other a few things of that. With mm-hmm. Roman Reigns as well. And yeah. W, you know, and, and I don't know what to do with McIntyre. And because, you know, I, yeah. I also worry as well that it was like this this whole storyline, you know, um, especially when you're talking about the stipulation of if he beats them, they're banned from the ringside at WrestleMania. It, it clearly goes to show with what we're going to be discussing in the in the next few rules, um, that this breakup came out of nowhere because of like you know, why would they go through a stipulation like that in order to then just go ahead and like break them up? And I and I still I'm trying to work out as to wh- how that's beneficial when I felt like all four men were being shown as really strong dominant forces being part of this group together. It feels really short lived and I'm not sure why. Well, no, like I said, we're going to get into that big time. But the, the thing is about this is it's kind of my annoyance with WWE as well. And, and hey, I don't want a tag team or multi tag team match every every match you know i'll watch aw mm-hmm. for that or whatever it is but you've yeah. got to build up your you've got to build up your tag team division you, you can't mm. have the whole point of a tag team and it it really does grind me it really does fuck me off sometimes the fact mm. is a tag team should be two individuals it always yeah. should and and every time they put and they've done it for years whether michaels or john cena or whoever it is and they put like a guy there uh, with another, and they'll always beat the tag teams, and they'll always lose. Yeah. You're meant to be a tag team. Res- tag team wrestling is meant to be something different, where you actually have to learn the style. If you become, then you know necessarily single wrestlers can't do it. And exactly, it's just, and this, 
no but you know. it's exactly what you're saying now it just goes to it goes exactly towards the women's division as well why the why the hell wwe contingency are putting the belt on women that they've actually just paired together and breaking up legitimate teams that actually work well together is beyond me it really is beyond me they have some very strong teams that deserve to have been champions by now with with the tag belts but they, they've been very kind of sloppy and lazy with their booking and and they don't think they're not thinking properly when it comes to the tag division but they need to actually put a lot more focus back onto it i think WWE look at a tag or a stable and it might have something to do with the rockers being to blame here of they look at a tag team and go right we're gonna we want to split them because that's what we do with every team or stable whether it is Who's going to be the Michaels? Who's going to be the Ginetti? Yeah, I can't mm. think of any other way why this would happen so consistently. You know, I know or, WWE don't care it, about Or in that. another case, it's more like maybe Vince favors one out of the two tag yes. teams and wants to push one and not the other. And I just don't actually think that's fair when they're being when they're at originally coming in as a tag team. Then then promote them that way, book them that way, keep them that way. We've got individuals, we've got solo wrestlers for a reason. Like, do you well, know how much it has grinded me in the past? Like, you know, we have Oscar uh, teaming with, uh, like, um, Charlotte Flair and then winning the belts when these two had the biggest rivalry come, at, come a few years ago at WrestleMania. You know, it's like, stop booking teams together that make no sense. It is just, it's one of these kind of annoying things that they do. And I'm sure we'll talk about it more in a little bit as well. Uh, back to the match itself. I mean, like I said, two on one as well doesn't do anybody credit, and it's just going to yeah. cause trouble for McIntyre. But Cedric's rotation on the claymore was sick. Like I tell you what, fair play to yeah. that. Um, this was as good as it could have been with Benjamin and Cedric in the bad books of Lash and MVP. They asked the locker room if they want an opportunity to take Drew out to get their shot. Uh, this was a good idea in uh, a premise to ask the locker room, go right, anybody take out Drew, and in theory could produce a star making appearance for maybe a young guy in the locker room or someone we kind of forgotten mm. about yeah but i mean as we yeah. will soon see yeah, it's exactly fucking corbin. i know fuck it up but anyway we're going to that. Like, i it literally like... was like he doesn't even go here what the fuck um the, the but... raw locker room he went backstage to the raw locker room where the fuck is corbin showing up i don't want to uh, go go off here but i just realized what i just thought about tag teams as well the fact is that um edge and christian or vincent man want to break up edge and christian in the early after wrestlemania 16 and if he'd have done that then and edge would agree to christian would agree to it we wouldn't have had that kind of the whole run up until the tlc matches and everything else coming to that i mean just imagine what we've missed out on because they have done it with other teams you know like just any, the this bar, is why yeah. they need to kind of uh, stop kind of you know going with with their idea of oh yeah this could be great this person could be great as a solo if they were going to be great as a solo then they would have actually come in that way they came in as a tag team they chose to come in as a tag team how about promote them that way it shouldn't be one over the other when it comes to tag teams and then Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke versus Nia Jackson, Shania Basler next. And Rose grabbed Basler and cornered her for some shoulder thrust. Uh, Rose chased Reginald into the ring. He did a quick aerobatic move to impress Jax. This actually allowed Rose to hit a knee for a near fall. Jax hit Brooke with some iron drop for the win. Uh, and then Lana and Omar Compton look like they are going with that. I mean, 
Is this just thrown in without time or care? Yep. I mean, this is this, about Reg. This is, just sloppy, this is just sloppy booking. You're still bringing this. You're still bringing this man into women's matches and actually making everything about him. He's so irrelevant to any of the women's storylines when it comes to the tag division, when it comes to the women's title, everything. And yet he's still thrusted in it. He bores me and is getting on my nerves a little bit. Is also kind of get, getting on my nerves at how uh, how they clearly don't have a storyline or a, a, a right sense of direction in where they want to go with the women's tag division and it shows so it's really it, it's this, stuck, this is the thing. but why, it just why, makes a lot of the matches really boring to watch I, I don't understand why it needs to be connected to the raw women's or the smackdown women's championships a tag title they should have exactly. their own teams their own thing i, I just don't understand it yeah and also not only that, but the whole point of Women's Revolution, you know, oh, where people were annoyed with these short women's matches that were kind of just filler. Mm, and exactly. And this watching is exactly Raw, what we're getting. Honestly, this month Raw, this past couple of months Raw, it's like, what has happened to this kind of, this this myth of the women's kind of division or, you know, or the way we treat women? And it's like, on a three-hour show of Raw, you know, you've mm. got your Ripley and Oscar segment and then maybe a tag match chucked in and then you know still time for everything else but anyway yeah, and i'm pretty sure as well um that carmela i think was it at where where was it carmela tweeted something and um i i swear she kind of just tweeted about how many minutes altogether the women were featured and i can't remember if it was on a pay-per-view or if it was on like a specific rule or a smackdown but it, it's really embarrassing when you count up how like how much um segment time women do really get on these shows especially when it's three hours you know and yeah. this is what exactly. i was the, the thing is i was saying this the other day i don't if i've if i've mentioned this before i apologize but i was saying this on a podcast the other day with with aew and the kind of uh, the dark and the elevation that they've got you know the new program with big show doing the commentary if they wanted to be that different and that you know do something else why don't you have yeah. an hour or two hours dedicated to women's wrestling why don't you have a show exactly. itself why is wwe haven't exactly. done that where it's an hour of just exactly. see, it's not like the talent is not there is it you know well exactly you exactly right you've got all these women that probably could go so much harder than what we do get of them and I think that's the most disappointing thing because of you know you get a lot of um you get you get a lot of fans that might end up just only favoring those that WWE are pushing and then that means that we're just like not getting or that those females are not get, being given the chance it's actually just um, a little bit frustrating yeah I think without a doubt and then uh, we move on bliss swinging saying you didn't get rid of me or him careful what you wish for and then Shane McMahon and Elias sang, uh, sang a new song about how Braun Strowman is stupid before their rematch from Fastlane took place the monster among men hit a drop kick that sent Elias out of the ring he got the easy win with a running power slam Shane hit him with a clutch and nose hold Shane sprinted away knee looking fine mania match was booked um, my thoughts on this WWE hates Elias and did they play a train noise when Braun Strowman was running yeah what the fuck? <laughs> I have no idea. It's just, no it was it was a complete squash, and it's just mm. again not being negative, but it's just come on, you know, it's like 
It's just everything about it. Um, obviously, there'll be more of that stuff to catch up on. But then Orton came to the ring carrying something in a bag. He talked about how he loved burning the fiend alive, but at fast lane, he smelled burnt flesh again when Bray returned. He vowed to be done with Alexa Bliss and the fiend after tonight. The Firefly Funhouse music play, uh, began to play. Bliss came out holding a jack-in-the-box toy. The fiend appeared behind Orton, but did not strike. He stood there as Orton uh, had a gas can in the bag. He threw some gas on Wyatt as he stood in the ring motionless. As soon as Wyatt took a step forward, Orton hit with the RKO. Bliss distracted him while the Fiend got back to his feet and applied the mandible claw. Raw ended with Bliss and Wyatt on the side while she pointed to the WrestleMania sign. This is what it was. <laughs> I can't. I'm just bored of it. I'm just really bored of this now. I really am. Um, I, I know that it's probably going to be overcome um, WrestleMania, but I'm... I'm losing interest, and I really like The Fiend, but I really don't need any more Randy Orton. He needs to go on holiday. He needs to go on a break. There is one great rumour that I've heard, and you, you might have heard as well, about The new about the Fiend. I um, haven't heard any rumours. Oh, Please do share. This, this is a good one. So The Fiend that we're seeing right now is not actually Bray Wyatt. It's Bo Dallas. Are you for real? <laughs> this is it. I read this and I was like, oh, my God. And the fact at WrestleMania is that the real Fiend will show up again. And then Bo and uh, the Fiend will actually be like a tag team. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I'm all for that. And then just have and then just have crazy Alexa Bliss be their little manager. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, oh, well, I heard that. I I'm, thought... I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I was like, Bo Dallas. Yeah, I bet he's in catering thinking that's a good deal. Let me do that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, well, to be fair, his, he, as the brother of Bray Wyatt, like they could be doing so much more with him. So it, it, it's just nice to know that, you know, that's a possibility. I think about that. And of course, we've got a new Kane, like we're saying, with uh, the Bray Wyatt character. But match made for yeah. me, it wasn't a bad Raw. I mean, it weren't great, don't get me wrong. Uh, mm, we'll move on yeah. to SmackDown, yeah. see if that could cheer us up. It's 26th of March. We get a fast lane recap. Uh, Focus on Daniel Bryan tapping out Roman Reigns and Edge attacking him with a chair. We see Daniel Bryan music hit and he made his way to the ring carrying a chair. He discussed making Reigns tap out of fast lane. He pointed out that Reigns uh, claimed he'd rather dial and tap out. He noted in the perfect world he'd be standing in the ring as Universal Champion. He would know that he's entered a rain event at WrestleMania, but that's not happening. Bryan pointed out that Edge attacked him with a chair when he made Reigns tapped. He earned the title and the main event at WrestleMania. He's still determined to be the Universal Champion. He's going to earn it. Brian then challenged Reigns to a rematch tonight. He said he's not leaving the ring until he gets the answer. He placed a chair in the middle of the ring and took a seat. Brian was still sitting in the ring when we got back from the break. And on commentary, Corey Graves um, wanted to move on with the show. Uh, I mean, what were your thoughts on this? I mean, before Adam Pearce comes out. I mean, Brian, for me, has the momentum that he did before WrestleMania 30. Yeah, I, I agreed. And not only that, but I did figure out that after, um, you know, sort of... Um, him just sort of getting cheered out of uh, a chance at the title at Elimination Chamber. I kind of figured they were leaning towards potentially um, making this a triple threat. Um, so I, I really, as always, I really enjoyed Daniel Bryan's promo. Um, I was intrigued to see like um, where things were going to go in terms of how how it was going to go about um, inserting him into the picture. So, yeah, I mean, Daniel Bryan can get anyone excited. I think we're about to out, and then we see Adam Pearce finally walking out, saying he couldn't give Brian a rematch. Brian pulled out, he made Reigns tap at fast lane, and Pearce noted that the referee's decision is final. You know, the Edge gets a top shot at Mania, 
Brain and asked to get the top shot right after Edge and Reigns main event. Biss uh, claimed it wouldn't be fair to make someone wrestle two matches back to back. Because Brian laughed because that's what he had to do at Chamber. Then he said it's two nights. So why don't Edge challenge Reigns on night one? And he takes winner of night two. Pierce seemed to like the idea when Edge's music hit. Edge got in Pierce's face and knocked the mic out of his hand. He's furious that Brian wants another total shot. Edge said that Brian wants total shot on the second night to pick the bones. He pointed that every match can be his last match. He got in Brian's face and ended up brawling. Edge hit the spear on Brian and beat him down with a chair. Uh, this was a fine opening segment and Edge was a total It really was. It was so run. exciting though. It was so exciting. But like this also brought you back to like you said, like everyone rooting for the underdog, Daniel Bryan. Like, you know, here here you've got all this authority. You've got like sort of, you know, the, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, and even the iconic Royal Rumble winner all coming out and bashing on Daniel Bryan for like, you know, feeling like they that he doesn't deserve it when in in every right mind you're screaming he deserves this because like you said you know Romans there complaining about you know performing t- for two nights in a row and things like that when Daniel Bryan had to do that in like one night yeah he's got like no compl- cause for complaint all he wants is like a fair title shot so yeah it was really well put together and I I thoroughly enjoyed it yeah, I think without a doubt, and I can see them feuding after WrestleMania as well, no matter yeah. what the result of the uh, the title match is, you know. Um, yeah. In the in the back, Roman Reigns watches the recap of Paul Heyman and Jay Uso. He told Heyman to get Adam Pearce. Reigns told Uso to take care of the situation and use force. They then recap Cesaro and Seth Rollins' feud, leading to Seth Rollins versus Shinzuki Nakamura, and they traded shots of the ring bell. Nakamura took over and hit a knee to the back of Rollins' head on the apron, but Rollins avoided the Kinshasa. Uh, Rollins counted with a powerbomb and hit the curb stomp for the win. I mean, just like their fast lane match, it was good, wasn't it, you know? It was. I mean, um, Shinsuke Nakamura is a brilliant and talented wrestler. And you've got to give Seth Rollins credit where due. He can actually produce really good matches. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was slightly hoping that you'd see Cesaro come out and make the save. But at the same time, with what we will later get into in further ones, like, you know, this is, again, this is a storyline that I think that they have thought about and they've planned out carefully. Um, I just wish the t- this type of attention was also, um, like, mirrored onto the female division. Well, uh, after the match, Rollins jumped Nakamura and continued to beat him down. Suddenly Cesaro's music hit and he ran down for the save. He attempted to give Rollins a giant swing, but Rollins escaped. And in the back, Adam Pearce walked into Reigns' dressing room with Jey Uso. Paul Heyman thanked Pearce for not making the wrong decision earlier. Uh, he said there's only willing to work one night and one title defence at WrestleMania with Roman Reigns. Pearce said he's got some decisions to make. And then in the back, Caleb Braxton interviewed Seth Rollins. He was furious that Cesaro tried to give him a giant swing again. Rollins promised to make it right and challenged Cesaro to a match at WrestleMania. He promised Cesaro would never disrespect him or give him the giant swing ever again. And then Cesaro jumped on his from behind and gave him the giant swing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I forgot that this, this was this rule because of Shinsuke and um, Seth fought previously. So I got myself confused there. But yes, this is that week that he did come out for the save. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just really enjoyed seeing Seth get swung. It's just, it makes me chuckle so much. And I really do love um, Cesaro and just seeing these two kind of work work a few together i just think that they can produce some great matches so i'm looking forward to um seeing this at wrestlemania i think we're about to doubt and then we have apollo cruz oats and chad gable versus biggie and the street profits i love the profits biggie entrance with ford swimming down the ramp i mean like yeah yeah the personality show for that 
Uh, Mark it's Cole, Cole. That all of their personalities really do go well together. All right, Rad. John Graves announced that Biggie defends against Cruz at WrestleMania on night two. And then in a the match of the cool spot, Ford was on the apron attempting a slingshot back in the ring, but Gable countered into a Northern Lights suplex for a near fall. Stuff Gable could do really, really impressive. Cruz made a blind tag. Ford biked out Gable and noticed we would dive to the floor. Cruz and gave Big E the Olympic slam for the win. I mean, it was a good six-man tag. It made sense to have Cruz pin Big E since they kind of continue their feud. And I don't think, do WWE do this enough? Do they mix and match? You know, like I said, the Intercontinental and like tag team challenges together actually make mm. sense in a multi-man match, yeah. doesn't it? It does. I, do, I agree that they. I don't think that they do this enough. And it's really interesting when they do do it because of it just makes for really great content. Um, however, I do. Yeah, I, I, I just think that with the there the, with the male tag team division, um, it's always the, the same. Um, the same teams getting those opportunities. I just wish there was a little bit more variety um, because we're kind of constantly seeing the same teams feuding with one another. Um, it would just make it a bit more exciting if, because okay, so for example, I feel like Chad Gable is talented enough to be working solo, not partnered with Otis, who is one half of another tag team anyway. And I feel like you know someone like Chad Gable would actually be a really good contender within within the Intercontinental Title picture. So it's a little bit disappointing sometimes when I I feel like he's not getting the same. He's got potential to sort of like bust out into that type of division um and again like going back to how random tag teams are just being formed um but, but it was it was a good showing from apollo cruz he came across quite strong yeah i think he did and this is the thing with chad gable as well of course being part of american alpha back in the day mm. you know obviously with, you know probably i missed that Jordan, i missed but... that tag team oh yeah. what what a team. They, i mean eleven of revival and just you know yeah. i mean just Good times. Anyway, uh, Adam Pearce in the hallway. He's still upset. <clears throat> Edge uh, approached him and said he won the Rumble and Brian was in the match. And Pearce said he's going to make a decision at the end of the night. Then we get the KO show with Sami Zayn. Then we kept Zayn attacking Owens last week. Owens briefly discussed Zayn attacking him. We wasted no time in introduce Zayn before he has a question for him. Zayn came out and admitted he knows Owens' question. And the answer is that he's sorry. He claimed that his mental state is all over the place because of conspiracy. Owens told him that's not the question. Zane cut him off and told him he'd still be in a documentary. I was like, that's not the question either. <laughs> Zane then revealed he had a red carpet premiere for the documentary trailer next week. He announced that Logan Paul is going to intend. But Owens doesn't care about the documentary or Logan Paul. He said the only reason he hasn't attacked Zane is he still wants to his question, uh, answer his question. Owens finally asked his question and challenged Zane to a match at WrestleMania. Zane tried to avoid answering but finally agreed to it. Owens had attacked Zane and beat him down. The same when Edwin Owens hit the stunner on Sami Zayn. Um, this was a good segment that's up their WrestleMania match, but Owens and Zayn are both great in their roles, aren't they? You know, they really are. I mean, you could give me Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens on a normal SmackDown match, and I'd be pleased and thoroughly enjoy watching it because both wrestlers are amazing. They've got great chemistry in the ring, and they work really well together. So I wasn't upset about that, but I just don't understand why we need to bring a YouTube star and especially him in in into WWE. I, like that, do you know what? Was just, nah. I, I I am not one of these people. Who, I mean, don't get me wrong, social media and this lot, but I've had to ask people who Logan Paul is because I was asking what what was he famous for. <laughs> so uh, you must have heard about his stu- how stupid he is then. Well, no, because this is the thing, and people say, oh, he's a YouTuber. I go, but that's not a job. 
you know it's like no it's not but he's right okay so i famously know him as uh the stupid youtuber who went to japan and went to the suicide forest and then actually recorded himself live oh that was him like recorded all of those bodies you know completely disrespectful he had to you know sort of apologize to the actual country itself and all this he's just an idiot he's one of those youtubers that doesn't think before he speaks um he's clearly got a a disregard for you know um a a care as to what his action how his actions portray like you know he was like also like filmed at like the protests um and then you know like kind of I, I, there was a lot of controversy as to whether or not he stole stuff or whether or not he didn't. I don't even know right. whether or not any of that's true. I just know that he's an idiot. So I was just like, I, I wasn't really, you know, excited to hear, you know, that he was going to be turning up for Sami Zayn's thing. No, I, I, um, I did like a Nicky for Big Brother of like, who is he? Who is he? Yeah. I, I just I weren't really sure. Yep. But, uh, Anyway, at least we know now. They recap Nia Jax and Shania Basler beating Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks at Fastlane. It focused on Banks slapping Belair after the match. What a slap that was. And then uh, Belair Belair versus Natalia next. Uh, In the back, Kayla Braxton interviewed Belair. She promised to prove that she's better than Banks. Belair vowed to win the top WrestleMania, but she has unfinished with business. They recap Natalia and Tamina attacking Belair and Baszler. Belair hit dropkick right after the bell. And then back from the break, Natalia was firmly controlled. Banks joined Cole and Graves in commentary. Banks was a total heel on this. They climbed in the she middle was. of the ring. Yeah, she really was. Um, they climbed in the middle of the ring. Blair rolled to the floor. Banks got in Blair's face and mocked her some more. Blair then slapped Banks so hard that she fell. And then the finish came when Blair hit the KOD for the win. And then afterwards, uh, it was the backstabber by Sasha Banks. Um, not a bad match, but we had the receipt for the slap and we knew it was coming. Yep, we did. Um, again, I think this just was an extra way of them being able to sort of solidify uh, Sasha Banks' change to becoming a heel. Um, I wasn't mad at it, to be honest, because um, Sasha Banks works well face and heel. Um at the same time, I'm also kind of like, okay, things are starting to get a little predictable when it comes to storytelling. Um, so I kind of figured that some of this stuff would happen between them. Well, this is the thing, and, you know, they can only do so much, but I think like it's what we've seen on SmackDown with Banks and Edge with their heel work. I think mm. it, they are better yeah. heels than they are faces, and I think everybody, yeah. well, the majority, would agree. And speaking of Edge, he walked into Roman Reigns' locker room and he felt like time to uh, talk about Brian. He told Reigns to prove he has the power to prevent Brian from getting a title shot. And then we had Dolph Ziggler versus Mysterio. Uh, I mean, Mysterio and Ziggler had a good, fast-paced match. Uh, Ray noted that he had done a lot in his career, but he'd love to win the tag titles with his son. He attempted to die, but Ziggler caught him with a powerbomb. Mysterio over the barricade looked like it killed him. Uh, Dominic ran over to check on his fellow, but Ziggler rocked him with a super kick. In a cool spot, uh, Mysterio went for a dive, but Ziggler hit the zigzag out of nowhere for a near fall. Mysterio fought back and hit the 6 for 9 He followed up with a slingshot splash for the win. It's a really quick match, this one, as well. It's over and done, mm, you know, especially yeah. involved. I think, I think again, though, um, when it comes to even things like uh, the Mysterios, I, I, potentially, I see a lot of potential in Dominic, um, but I don't see a lot of potential going anywhere until he sort of... Uh, chooses to go turn away from being part of it. I know that Ray Mysterio is talking about loving 
the idea of becoming a tag team but I think that Dominic Mysterio needs to kind of like venture out for himself and he's one of those young talents that you know he's got the potential to to go quite far as a singles uh wrestler um but I, I think he does need to it's kind of like that whole thing that I was saying about Charlotte Flair and how Charlotte Flair didn't need Ric Flair coming out to to every match with her. She she's a dominant force within her own division. She doesn't need her her father there watching for approval. And it's just sort of the same advice that I've got for like Dominic. I feel like he actually could have a lot of potential in um himself. But I think teaming with his dad consistently each week is is probably thwarting him from growing. Yeah, I don't think it's helping. And then we get Adam Pearce's WrestleMania decision. Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman, Juris, they made their way to the ring. Uh, after the Edge and Daniel Bryan made their way for Pearce's decision, Pearce agrees with Reigns and Edge that they shouldn't have to compete multiple times at WrestleMania. However, he also agrees that Bryan deserves a title shot as well. He then announced that he's adding Bryan to the match and they'll compete in the triple threat at WrestleMania. Reigns and Edge didn't like Pierce's announcement. They started, uh, Brian and Edge started brawling, but Reigns caught Brian with a Superman punch. Reigns was about to hit Brian with a chair, but Edge hit him with a spear instead. Edge then grabbed the chair and beat Reigns and Brian's down. Uso jumped into the track with Edge long enough to allow Reigns to escape. Edge continues to attack Brian with a chair. Referees and officials ran out to stop Edge, but he hit him with a chair as well. Brian crawled out of the ring. Edge sat on a chair in the middle of the ring to end SmackDown. What a way to end it. I mean, all... All three men did great opening and closing the show, really. I think without a doubt, I think the main storyline. But one of these things, and a lot of questions are going about why it was maybe made into a triple threat match. And this is something I noticed last year, but I don't know about you. Does Edge look old, or is he looking older every week? Or is he not? I mean, to be honest, I I think that when he first um, first appeared uh, in back in, in the wrestling sort of picture, I think officially I thought to myself, yes, he's, he's looking older. But I don't think he's looking older as the weeks go on. However, I do think that since his feud with Randy, I think it's proven to him that he can't take as many hard knocks as what he thought he could. So I think that they've possibly brought Brian in to ease on that. I, I would agree. The thing is with Edge is... The injuries that he's had has had even throughout his career have mm. been like six months to a year out. You know, we talk about neck surgeries and and everything mm. else that he's done. Uh, so they have to be careful here, and and maybe the reaction that they wanted, maybe they didn't get that as well. And but I think it works out all round because you get the edge kind of character that we want. Cause yeah. Roman Reigns firing all cylinders, and this is where Brian works the best as well, you know. And I, th- I also think that if it was going to stay as Edge v Roman, um, we wouldn't be able to get this sort of like unhinged, uh, Edge that we're getting now because he would be more portrayed as the face. So it is easier, um, to have someone like Daniel Bryan, who who is such a brilliant face, um, to be the the ultimate one, the ultimate face, so that Edge can, um kind of come off more unhinged. Yeah, I think about that. Well, moving on to a little bit of news, and uh, we heard that former WWE superstar Brian Rodog James, who works behind the scenes in NXT, was hospitalised uh, the week after possibly suffering a heart attack. Um, Rodog's wife, Tracy Connor, made the announcement on Saturday. Brian most likely suffered a heart attack on Thursday night after returning from Orlando. He's had a test run. We're currently waiting, waiting for the results. Uh, he also road dog saw kidney specialist and set to undergo a stress test. Uh, James added that her husband feels horrible 
Of course, Rodog is 51. Um, so that was a little bit of a shock because obviously one half mm. of the New Age Outlaws. Um, of course. And of course, we'll, of course go out to, to Rodog, of course. Right, we have a little bit of an update of that a little bit later. Uh, then we had the top 50 women, Sarah Shriver, um, doing the top 50 women documentary. Uh, what I quite liked about this, because it reminded me of like, the old DVDs, you know, where you have like the top 50 OMG moments or something like this. But um, what they did is that the first kind of you know, 30 uh, women in it kind of had like a three or four or two minute video and the yeah. higher up the rankings they got, the the longer the video basically was. So like the last episode, which was, I think, five to number one, 45 minutes long. So you could have like 10 minutes on each of them, which I, I thought kind of worked. Um, mm. They did the modern era because obviously they don't want that awkward Moolah talk, do they? Um, so we <laughs> uh, top 10. You see if you agree, disagree or who else would you put in there? Top 10 for them. Number 10 is Bailey. Number nine, Ronda Rousey. Eight is Lita. Seven is Lundra Blaze. Six is Sasha Banks. Five is Oscar. Four is China. Three is Becky Lynch. Two is Charlotte Flair. And number one is Trish Stratus. Right. <laughs> Would you change anything there? Um, I don't know. I, th- I feel like, um, I mean, are we, are, are they kind of going with the overall thing? Because it, it, is that like an actual rated list in terms of the right order or is there no particular order no that's the order that's what they they they, that's their top 10 trish stratus ranked number one of all time of the modern era of women's wrestling i mean you you could say that to be fair because you know when you look at the history of trish's uh run through the wwe from where she began um not only as just a manager but also as the eyepiece as the candy eye candy um uh, not only do you also then look at, you know, the the, the type of storylines that she got and how she worked herself into, you know, what could be seen as one of the best sort of um, history making moments with Lita uh, uh, starring in the first like main event on Raw. Um, you could say that she has been like the most influential um, of all time. But um, again, yeah, I think from from a fan's point of view, I would also go, uh, agree and go with someone like China in more of a um, higher status. And I think that's personally because um, China like fought in both divisions and and had that that sort of re- respect given to her from both male and female wrestlers in the ring. Yeah. Um, so I feel like she actually helped pave a way for for women to be given more attention when it came to the to WWE. Yeah, I don't think, you know, speaking about China, uh, and I know obviously the history and everything else, but there is, uh, and I might be wrong, but I don't think there is going to be another woman who is going to be competing for the Intercontinental title, be in Rumbles, be in King of the Rings, be used exactly. against the it's, kind of upper mid cards. I just... Exactly. You know, like, China I mean, was like special. You, you, you can go back and watch China's uh, triple threat match that she had with Chris Jericho and who was it? Is it Dean Malenko? Uh, Harker Holly. Harker Holly. Okay, yeah. And I mean, you know, she was she was given the same sort of ring time um, and same level of respect as both men in the ring. And I just thought it was at that moment for a young female like me, it was very life changing to see, you know, like women can be just as strong as men, uh, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I I would probably go with China, but um, that is just personal opinion. Yeah, well, I, I would maybe I, I would agree with you there with China being number one, but 
it worries me that Charlotte is number two and he takes a couple more titles and she'll take that top spot. Uh, yeah, we did have... I'm never going <laughs> we'll never, I'll never. You'll never take me alive. Uh, no. We did have a good update though. Uh, Tracy James called Throw Dog's Wife um, updated her Facebook page and says, want to give everybody an update. I just got the best. My husband has no blockages and he's getting to come home today. We still have some doctor visits to take him, but his heart is good. Thank you so much for the prayer. So it just shows you that maybe working on WWE full time is not the healthiest option, I would say. And I think as as, as um, time has been showing us right now, it, it might be better to, you know, take a step back sometimes. Without a doubt. But we're not because we're going to move on to the 29th of March Raw in the open with Drew saying anyone coming for him will we'll get it. And then a full Lashley entrance. It wouldn't be Raw without a full Bobby Lashley entrance to start us off. Uh, yeah, we've ha- still got this like three times that night. <laughs> I don't know. He must be ever since you pointed it out. Uh, it was just the fact of he has you three entrances. Him, right? Every yeah, Raw, exactly. three entrances. Like McIntyre. I don't understand. Like one each, one each hour. Okay, we need to bring, we need to get the champ out again. Get him out. <laughs> I just, I just don't understand entrance as well. Not like. Cutting like the full, dun, 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 like Bob. Oh, it just yeah. Anyway, I it's just get it. Well, I don't know. Well, the hurt business come to the ring for a promo. MVP started, uh, and he said Lashley promised to give uh, WWE match a WrestleMania to whoever takes out McIntyre. Everybody claimed to want to give someone an opportunity. The reason they were doing this, the Almighty turned his attention to Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin. WWE champion ripped into them for losing to McIntyre in a handicap match last week. MVP gave him a chance to speak, and they got upset. Benjamin ended by shoving MVP, and this led to Lashley destroying the former tag team champions. The segment ended with Benjamin and Alexander leaving as they recovered while Lashley and MVP watched from the ring. Thoughts? Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that is your only thought right there, right? I mean, I don't, <laughs> underst- I don't understand the reasoning for it. Did WWE not realise that Bobby wouldn't be here in this position as WWE champion if it wasn't for them? Well, I mean, this is exactly what even what Shelton Benjamin and, and Cedric Alexander come out with and, and even say, which is actually speaking a, lo- a lot of truth. But I just don't understand the reasoning behind, like, you know, especially because of, you know, not a few weeks ago we had retribution split up. Like, how many teams are you going to keep splitting yeah. up in the space of a few weeks just because you don't think that something uh, is working? You know, at this rate, if you continue to always just like cut things short, you're never going to actually get those build up moments that everyone enjoys. Um, And I just I I felt really disappointed. uh, It is is horrible. You know, like when when they do this, it just because it's all the people who have always had a go at WWE. And not I'm not trying to defend them all the time. But like I said, you try and find positives or you try and find, oh, well, at least they're doing it. There was no kind of oh, this is the reason why, unless, unless it's a swerve. And I know WWE don't do that anymore, but of course, mm. Benjamin and Alexander are not allowed at ringside. But what about if they come down to make sure MVP doesn't get involved? And then, you know, whilst Alexander's distracted him, Benjamin hits McIntyre with a belt, hurt business mm. reunite. It was a plan all along. I mean, do you know what? I think if they do that, I will actually hold my hands up to um, WWE and say, okay, you had us all fooled and this worked really well. Um, And that is specifically because I am a Hurt Business fan. And I think that 
they've got a lot of potential to, you know, come across as quite a dominant force for a while. So, yeah, that that would probably. <laughs> yeah, I think without doubt they won't, but still we can we can dream, can't we? So. Yeah. Uh, well, don't get oh... my hopes up. This is on you now. <laughs> if this doesn't happen, this is your fault. <laughs> Um, well, we see Sheamus attacking Riddle backstage for the match, but once they got in the ring, the US champ looked like he had recovered to full strength. Yeah, he looked like a moron. Uh, we get a brief exchange of strikes, led to Sheamus hitting a huge knee to the face for the pin and the win, and just to confirm Matt Riddle is a moron. I uh, hope Sheamus wins at WrestleMania. This was a good match. This was a good match, but isn't this exactly what we will see at WrestleMania? <laughs> Basically. That's, I mean, I feel like I feel like we would, yeah. Um, but again, I just feel like it's so sad because, like I said before, Matt Riddle does make me chuckle, but I also just feel like um, his character is quite pointless uh, as a a title holder. (laughs) I just don't really think like he really needs a title. So, yeah, I am (laughs) approaching. Well, let's get on something to uh, just as ridiculous as that because we've got Shane McMahon, Elias and Jackson Riker Uh, at break. Revealed some information about Strowman that was clearly faked. Uh, Shane showed a doctor's report card from Strowman in fifth grade. <laughs> oh, I just find oh. Shane so pathetic. <laughs> I mean, Shane used to be a great hero. I think we've mentioned this well with a kind of little he really curled did, lip. He's acting like a child. Useless. He's useless. He's, um, he's actually acting worse than a child. Like, but th- this is the same guy that went that was in the main event from WrestleMania and beat Goldberg this time last year. And now he's going against the likes of Shane McMahon, as if we're supposed to fear this, in a steel cage match because the whole promo and build-up has been about how stupid Braun is. Like, uh, I just... This, WWE this is... are just, like, have done really shit when it comes out. And don't get me started on the fact that they still are putting that train oh, thing in. God. I just can't stand it. Well, Braun came out and faced Riker and he conjured up some more train sound effects before Riker hit a power slap for the win. Uh, Elias and McMahon teamed up after the match, but Strowman eventually overpowered everyone. After Shane and Matt bowed, Strowman said the WrestleMania bout will be a steel cage match and they won't get in that cage before a big bump to the outside or ending it. I'm pretty sure Shane McMahon faced Kevin Owens in a cage match. I don't know if it was like a money in a bank. I think I remember Shane taking a hell of a bump off the top there whether they do the kind of same of that or like the side of the cage goes down or i just i just feel there's going to be shenanigans involved you know yeah um but hey at least elias gets some air time you know with the squash yeah uh, then we get the miz and john morrison to introduce their next music video morrison was wearing a, a quite a cool orange outfit actually um after complaining about bad bunny and upcoming wrestlemania match the miz played the video for hey hey Hop, hop. Can't believe I just said that. Uh, as soon as the um, future going... <laughs> yeah, we don't really need to discuss that because of that is just a whole stupidness in itself. So let's move on from that music video. Well, it was awful. A-list has got in Bunny's face, but the uh, Bunny punched him as hard as he could in the mush. He's uh, got... The... He definitely has, like, a really hard right hook. I felt that part. I, I love the Miz selling it and going, yeah. you know what? He told him. Um, I, I hate this, but the punch was funny as fuck. Um, but now they have dressed as bunnies. I see Miz and Morrison as legitimate threats. So I won't worry about them after yeah. WrestleMania, you know. I will never mm-hmm. get that three minutes of my life back. I will just say that. Uh, mm-hmm. And no no one will. And then we get Orton recapping us with the feud with The Fiend. He says it will be the last time they face. I'm fucking sure of it. Bobby 
gets another entrance. Of course he must do. Um, it must be in his contract. I bet he signed that to say I must have three entrances on Raw each time. <laughs> Um, like, like, if this continues to happen after WrestleMania, um, I'm actually going to start um, writing to Sammy in terms of a new conspiracy theory documentary that he has to cover. So, I mean, who knows? We might be onto something here, James. Well, you say that, but I don't think the commentators have a clue either because they announced a handicap match up next and it, Cedric had his suit on as they came to the ring. Uh, so it's actually going to be a singles match. So I don't think WWE or the commentators actually know what they're doing, apart from this big conspiracy about Bobby Lashley. Uh, the Almighty dropped him with a flatliner. He ran Benjamin into the ring post for hitting a big spear in the corner. He chased Alexander away from the ring, allowing Benjamin to hit pay dirt for a close two count. Once he recovered, Lashley applied the Hurt Locker for the submission victory. And this is the match that we get from the Hurt business breaking up. So I hope everybody enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean, exactly. like, <laughs> you just you just can't really it just it, i remember people go say to me like our oh, raw's awful it's not worth watching and i spend three hours watching raw every week and it is just terrible yeah. sometimes that's right? so, uh we can see if woods and kofi Kingston can uh save it they set up several games in the ring for a second with Styles and almost to test their teamwork skills. They played Shiraz and Pictionary for almost told them to stop. He said all I have to do is win at Mainly to prove they're a better team. Uh, thoughts on this. AJ can be goofy. I must not want him to play is actually funny. Uh, like I said, I don't mind this because AJ seems to be letting his hair down a little bit as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm right. So I'm not going to lie. I remember um, sort of like having a break with watching wrestling and things like that so for me I it, it took AJ Styles like actually coming to the WWE and I saw the pop the reaction and I then had to do my my homework on AJ Styles so I must admit I did not really know much about him um and I've seen his face when and when he had that feud with uh Samoa Joe I've seen him have so many different feuds so many different characters I think this is the first time I'm genuinely seeing like AJ Styles just have a lot of fun just just going with it, you know, like more probably improv. Um, but I really just like the the uh, this AJ that we've got right now. It's more like an improv AJ, and I love it. I think about that, and then AJ faced Woods, the following one hit a fireman's carry net break for near fall. Woods responded with ten AD for DDT for another two count. I almost ended up calling a disqualification when he attacked Woods and Kingston. He tossed Kingston over the barricade and crushed Woods in the corner when Styles directed traffic. This wasn't bad, but I bet you the WWE are praying he and a New Day can get almost over at WrestleMania and set him up correctly. If any free talent can, if any free superstars or talent can, it's going to be these three guys, isn't it? You know? Yeah, I mean, like to be honest, I'm really hoping and praying that you know when when it comes to almost this is this is what WWE are going to do right because as we've rightly just rightly just spoken about when it comes to Braun Strowman, like they they don't do well when it comes to bigging their big men. Um, so I really really hope um, that almost gets his time to shine in this in the ring when he does eventually make his wrestling debut. But but also that not that they protect him, but they they make sure to kind of put him in the types of matches, the types of feuds that he should be in. Yeah, like I said, it's, um, that is kind of one of the bright things at the moment on Raw. But, you know, anyway, move on. And Bliss says Fiend can't wait for Mania. His biggest mistake is that he thinks he knows what happens next. 
Lenya Killer dies at Mania, and then we see the fiend on the swing, which is just weird. It's not kind of yeah. scary. It's just weird. Like, why? Um, I kind of wouldn't mind it if they like if they less if they tried less with the whole oh this is a horror show sort of thing, and just left it as Alexa Bliss and company are weird as fuck. Yeah. Just let them be weirdos rather than horror villains. Do you see what I mean? Because of like the sort of slapstick horror that does end up happening is not actually fun with the fake fireballs and shit. You know, like no, but... just give us just give us the weird the weirdness that would come from it. Just kind of how how the fiend first started before it became like all meshed in with supernatural elements. Well, <laughs> the, the you know? thing is. This is the thing, and, and on Impact Wrestling, I don't know if you get a chance to watch, and I don't know many people do, but I've started I watching I do that every other, year. every other, yeah, I've, I've been kind of watching it in and out, but I've been kind of be trying to watch it like every other week at least. Yeah, well, Decay are the kind of group um, in Impact, and we're Rosemary, yeah. and it's the kind of, that kind of, not this, but you, you know she's kind of mm. fucked up, but it's not kind of going, it's not silly, there's a seriousness to it. And I think yeah. this, the fiend need to kind of go into that rather than because kind of, they're going to boogeyman realms at the moment. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. opposed to, and as know. much as like you know, like look at how the fiend's uh, journey started. Um, and you know, it took people a while to get used to like what the hell is this Firefly Funhouse all about and things like that. Bring just that weirdness back, that element, that weird element where it leaves people questioning what they're doing, why they're so weird. But doesn't have that. Oh, are we going to get some fake pyrotechnics now? You know. Yeah, so yeah. we just need less of that and just more weirdness. Like let them be weird. There is a way of like being able to be weird, aka the Firefly Funhouse type weird that actually makes sense and draws people in. That isn't slapstick horror. Like yeah, it's just it's a bit too much. Be a way. You know, there's got to be a way yeah. they can sort it out. Uh, next, we see Drew going to locker room. He cuts off the balls of everybody in there, including Braun, who he goes face to face with. And Braun's like, well, I've got a match with Shane. And Drew's just like, come on, anybody have a match. But Ricochet stands up and says he will. Uh, I didn't mind that. And then we get one I half. I didn't of... until we actually got that. And then it was. Yeah. But we'll get there. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. One half of the women's tag team champions was in action this week when Baszler took on Naomi. Um, and Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose at ringside. Naomi regained control, but distraction for Reginald allowed Baszler to take her down. Lana shoved Jacks into Rose, so Brooke started fighting Lana. The cast at ringside allowed Naomi to throw up Baszler for the pin. This was so rushed. It's, like I said earlier, is this all the uh, women but, get now? Is this woman uh, get just uh, like Again, a- can I just point out how I've been saying before in the past games about Shayna and how they're protecting her too much with these roll-up pins? I, I can't deal with it. Do you remember what I keep saying about the the beast and how she was let unleashed at Elimination Chamber that year? Like, she was such a dominant force. And I know that plans were thwarted because they really wanted, like, a bit really big build-up feud with Becky and it didn't go down or anything like that. But they could have had that with Oscar if they put that time in. And instead, all they did was pair her with someone they should never have paired her with. And, and now she is predominantly the one being rolled up pinned predominantly consistently yeah. I, it, it's just ridiculous like Shayna deserves more the, the all of the female wrestlers deserve more when it comes to those type of matches these roll-up pins are not working <laughs> stop no, I, 
I completely agree with you. Then we see Oscar walking backstage when Riddle approached her on his scooter. He said he was sore, but at least he gets to face Sheamus at WrestleMania. Riddle asked if he liked the scooter. Riddle then asked if it was big in Japan. He then looked into the camera and said he'd forgotten what he was saying. Oscar looked confused for a moment before walking away. Matt Riddle was not a moron anymore. He's just a fucking twat. Um, right. So I, I do want to quickly just say, I, I don't know how much of this is true because I just heard a rumour about it and stuff, but I did um, read somewhere of someone trying to stick up for like, the fact that Matt Riddle just got his line and walked off. But someone was saying that the script was heavily sort of Japanese talk based, like on him talking about Mount Fuji and things like that, that just kind of were really irrelevant and just not really sensitive like uh, in terms of you know maybe the innuendos were kind of like that was written weren't necessarily nice for like those that are from Japan might want to hear so he just went with it and then decided no I'm not going to say it and that's why he did what he did um I don't no, know how much he, he's true. just an asshole he's just you know there's there's professionals there's pros and there's pros yeah. and I think this is what we found but even if that is I don't want to know that the shit, the awful shit that I'm hearing backstage is being scripted. I know it is. Don't ruin Mm. that. I'm, 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 you know, like, it's just, it's a line too far, you know? This is, this is, again, WWE's biggest issue, especially when you look back in um, the Attitude Era where a lot of it wasn't scripted because of they, they were a lot more trusted. Um, it, It just goes back to that that saying of um like having so much heavy scripting is not always um the best way to go about it yeah i think that's right and then we see adam pierce hosting the contract championship match at wrestlemania she's very ripley followed by champion oscar Ripley said oscar should be labeled as a current champion uh oscar laughs and says she's the champion ripley's overconfident ripley says she was confident enough to challenge oscar on the first night and now confident enough to tell her she'll beat her and take a championship ripley then signed her contract oscar doing the same Oscar then spoke in Japanese, then said Ripley's confidence is borrowed, not earned. Oscar kept drawing at Ripley, who got upset and dumped the table on her. It then looked like the table smacked Oscar in the face. Maybe it was just good selling on her part. It did part. look like it, didn't it? I was really <laughs> worried for her tooth again, because of where she was holding her face. I was like, please don't tell me Rhea's now just knocked her tooth out. <laughs> uh, but then Jax basically and Reg walk out and spoke from the stage. Jax says she doesn't know what's worse, Ripley having the audacity to challenge for the titles on her first night. Oscar accepting. They said they had dominated the entire division for nearly a year. And of course, uh, a challenge Oscar and Ripley to step in the ring next week. We accept Ripley said for tossing the mic aside. Um, I mean, the thing is, Oscar was laying motionless here. And I just thought, when does she ever look strong? When did WWE ever say, I know. know Let's make Oscar look strong in this one. I mean, especially at this point, like th- this all felt so rushed and so, so much was happening. Like, even Oscar wasn't even able to get her own bearings. And she's like, wait, what the fuck just happened? Like, what are we doing? Like, you just yes. knocked me in the face and now you want me to actually team with you. Fuck off. Do you know I, what I mean? Just, I just couldn't believe it, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, and then the main event, MVP approached Ricochet for the match, but the high flyer said he didn't seem interested. Uh, he's not interested in what he says. And then McIntyre versus Ricochet. McIntyre was in the perfect position for the 630, but rolled out the way and hit a claymore for the win. Just like that. It was over and done with before anything else. Uh, stuff... like, uh, that is the reason why we were saying, like, you know, at first you think, oh, OK, Ricochet's going to be given a shot. I like this idea. No, no, that was short lived. No. And then Mustafa Ali tried to attack McIntyre, but it was counted easily. McIntyre dared him to fight him in the ring as we went to a break. We returned to the match already taking uh, place. 
McIntyre hit a snap suplex out of nowhere, and then he hit a Claymore for the win. So that's Mustafa Ali and Ricochet, two of the most probably talented wrestlers in their generation. <laughs> yeah. Completely wasted. Yeah. Uh, he, then, he then called out last And also, like, just that actually drop in there as well. There's also really doesn't look good when Ali, just like shortly before this, lost his team. So it's like, you know, so you're saying he can't do good with a group or good without, like, you're just really burying him. Well, he called out Lashley to come finish him off himself. And the Almighty was happy to oblige. We get another break and then they talk some trash to each other. But then King Corbin attacked McIntyre from behind, allowed Lashley to fly the hurt lock of the show, ended with Lashley standing tall over his WrestleMania opponents. Thoughts, not Corbin. Um, This is basically a fuck you to the Raw roster. Yeah, um, th- this bugged me, and it's not what. Well, yeah, it is slightly because of really Corbin, but a, a majority of it is like, where the fuck were you to have heard this this invite that went to the raw locker room, Corbin? Where? <laughs> uh, you weren't. You were never supposed to be a part of this. That that wasn't extended to you. He went to the raw locker room, not the SmackDown one. So yeah. I, I definitely got a bit angry at this, shouting like he doesn't go here because he doesn't. No, uh, and, and you're bang on, you know, you, you are bang on about it. This is a problem. I try and be so positive, but when you've got two kind of, you know, intelligent people talking about the product that they've watched, this is the problem with it. And it's just, it's simple things of going, Baron Corbin, you thought the answer one week before was WrestleMania Baron was Baron yeah. fucking Corbin. Like, um, anyway, yeah. on the 1st of April, we found out that Bobby uh, versus Drew will start night one. Of course, we'll run through the card and also give our predictions of maybe the running order as well. But that's quite big news. And also, Adam Pearce held a Twitter um, announcement saying that the uh, Friday Night Smackdown for the go-home show for WrestleMania 37 will be a WrestleMania Smackdown featuring the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um including Akira Tazara, Angel Garza, Cedric Alexander, Drew Gulak, Elias, Eric, Grand Metallic, Humberto Carrillo, Jackson Riker, Jey Uso, Kalisto, King Corbin, Lynch Dorado, Mace Murphy, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Shelton Benjamin, Shizuki Nakamura, Slapjack, T-Bar, and Tucker. Do you know, you just named all of the people that WWE are burying and don't give a fuck about right now. <laughs> if the final two aren't Jey Uso Nakamura... They are fucked yeah. up big time, you know, like. Yep. And, like, I'm sorry, but, like, out of anything, like, Jey Uso being part of that match, I just don't understand uh, why they would do something like that when they could have potential for a lot more to do with him. Not only that, but why is it even being shown on SmackDown? It's a, it's a WrestleMania tradition. Yeah. You've got two nights. You've got two nights for WrestleMania, and you're now telling me you can't even fit that on the card, yet you can fit something ridiculous like Shane be brawn on the card no one wants that match take that out put it on smackdown and put the andre memorial one in i'd happily actually rather that be there i'm a bit about doubt and also we've got the fatal four-way match for the smackdown tag team championships as well um along with that so that'll be interesting and then april yeah but um, like i also felt like well, the, the where's the relevance there when the when the raw tag team titles are getting a, a chance to be on wrestlemania but the smackdown ones aren't yeah and this is that another thing as well sense. Not, not only that, but why couldn't the Hurt business being involved with Omos and AJ and uh, with the New Day and a kind of triple threat match at WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, why, yeah. You know, why? 
But I guess they wanted, you know, straight up. And then the wrestling world lost its collective mind because we found out who the next uh, guest will be on the Stone Cold podcast on the WWE Network. It's going to be Chris Jericho. What I cannot fucking wait. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for this. I, I, this is something that I never thought we'd get. So I am super excited, and this is definitely going to be. Broken Skull's biggest view, viewed episode. You're going to have all AEW fans and WWE fans wanting to watch this and wanting to either hear the background as to what went down with Jericho. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what what Jericho has to say in terms of the company itself um, when it comes to WWE. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just ready for it. I think it's it's huge. I think everybody I've spoken to is really really excited about it. Uh, yeah. And we shall see because what. We- we usually get let down and that's just professional wrestling i suppose but we, we shall find out what happens uh move on to april 2nd the last smackdown of course we get 2021 royal rumble with an edge kicking off this week's show discussing the chaos that ensured over the last few weeks for thank and daniel bryan for awakening him into the rated r superstar every time i see rated r superstar I just hear tommy uh, tony chimmel in my head going to rated r superstar i just can't help it um <laughs> <laughs> uh, he said his WrestleMania opponents don't understand the ramification of what he's done, nor does Adam Pierce. He admits to snapping to waking the hell up. He is a Hall of Famer, an ultra opportunist, and a rated R superstar. He is what they aspire to be. He entered a promo and headed up the ramp. This is the way Edge, this is what we needed with Edge, basically. This is the yeah. Edge we need. This was the, I think this is the Edge that everyone wanted as well. So I'm, I'm happy that they actually delivered with this and gave us it. But he did quite. That- let him lyrics. loose. Let him loose. I think he quoted Zack Ryder's lyrics. I'm not sure, but I swear he said, I looked into the mirror and now I like what I see. And then in my head, it was just like, oh, radio, tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to have to look at that, part, look back at that part and have a look. Well, because obviously they were edgeheads. But again, maybe yeah, it's just yeah, my, my mind going, oh, look. Um and, of course, ahead of next week's special WrestleMania edition of SmackDown, uh, Ziggler and Rude will defend, of course, the detective titles. Uh, this week, Ziggler and routine with Chad Gable and Otis about the Mysterio's Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins in a big eight-man tag team match. I like the Dirty Dogs. I'm just going to put it out there. All right? I'm just going to... I think Bobby Roode's a great tag team wrestler. I think Ziggler is... I mean, the thing is with Ziggler is so much more. And I hate saying that about a wrestler. Of saying he could accomplish so much more, but it just—I don't know what happened. I, I mean, think he had the. I, like I, I do. I do think he had the potential um, to actually go far, but I think I think the main thing, uh, opinion, my own opinion, of course, the main thing that I think let him down was most likely like um, his whole run with sort of Vicky Guerrero, um, sort of uh, like kind of protecting him all the time. Um, I think he lost a lot of his momentum, like in the after effects of, of that run, um, and yeah, like it's just not always picked up for him. But I think when it when it comes to like you know consistent work in the ring and on the mic, I think you know Dolph Ziggler is great. Yeah, uh, and I just find it weird because I remember when he had well tart when he lost it to Del Rio, and the mm. question was that he was injury prone. And as we spoke about with Edge, who's had so many different injuries throughout his, you know, career. And yet he was never labelled as injury prone. Yet Zig Cushion 
and was. And it's just mm. weird how sometimes wrestlers can be labelled and might hurt them more, you know, than others. But yeah. And Mark, anyway, Michael Cole said the Mysterios will be the first Farrow and Son team to win the titles at WrestleMania if it happens. It's just spoilers, Michael. All right, shut the fuck up. Let me I watch mean, Mania. Yeah. I you mean, know. Michael needs to shut shut the fuck up and on a lot of um certain <laughs> things. You know, like he's just so much shit sometimes. <laughs> Uh, well, the action then broke down and Mysterio is bringing the heat to the champion Ziggler and Rude. Back in the ring, Gable and Lotus teamed up to put an end to Falls Onslaught. The latter finishing them off with a flying splash from the middle rope. Uh, so Otis winning here means they won't win next week. Uh, WWE <laughs> always... T- <laughs> but they always do good multi-man matches. That is, that is fair to say. They do. They do. Uh, <laughs> backstage, Paul Heyman approached Adam Pearce, Sonya Deville, about a hold harmless screaming for Jey Uso so he'll not be held accountable for what he does. Daniel Bryan will agree to it with the dismay of Pierce. We then see Corey Graves inducted an in-ring promo with Cesaro and Seth Rollins in the WrestleMania match. Rollins insisted he was unshakable, attempted no sell the effects of last week's backstage swing courtesy of Cesaro. The Swiss Superman responded teasing his point with mentions of the swing. Uh, he may be unshakable, but he damn sure isn't unswingable. Rollins threatened to end Cesaro of WrestleMania with his opponent dared him to take a swing. The segment ended with Rollins retreating the last saving face. Uh, this really wasn't much of any, really. I mean, you know, but it did hit home Cesare's first WrestleMania match. Um, but Rollins mm-hmm. has a great Mania history. We talk about Cesare's first match. Rollins has a, a great Mania history. Out of all the, what has Rollins done? I mean, we can play a little game if you want. Uh, what is your favourite kind of Seth Rollins WrestleMania moment? Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to always say it's when he actually came and cashed in. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, look, can I say... It's, it's my favourite moment because no one, like, even myself, I didn't want Brock or Roman to win. Well, like I said, it's really weird because uh, I think many people forget it debuted at, like, WrestleMania 29 as part of the Shield. Mm. Yeah, uh, take, yeah, they did. Taking on uh, Orton and the Big Show and Sheamus, weirdly enough, random. And then yeah, it was so weird. <laughs> and then Kane and the Outlaws at WrestleMania 30 again in, like, five minutes, just kind of odd. Um, 2015, WrestleMania 31, of course, the cash-in in the main event. Uh, 32 injured and didn't take part. I can't remember him at 32. And then no, didn't the, he um injure his leg or break his leg? I think, yeah, I think it was the end of 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, he had to get hold, get rid of his title. 2017. See, this is why I get old WrestleMania 23, 24, 25. I could reel off everything, but, mm. but I, I I know he's had the uh, match with Triple H at WrestleMania, which I think everybody forgot about. That might have been. No, um, I remember. I remember that match because of that was the match that he, um, like had just come back from his leg surgery and stuff, and Triple H was definitely exploiting that and uh, like going for his leg the whole time. And he was he came out like sort of looking like the Kingslayer, like from. Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Sort of thing. So I remember that match with Triple H that he had. Uh, of course, we should say WrestleMania 31, the match of Orton with the great RKO as well, as long as the cash in. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that great RKO. Uh, 34 with the uh, Intercontinental Total Triple Threat match, I'm going to say. Balor and the Miz, I think that was 34. That opened mm. up the show. And then 35, of course, against Lesnar. Um, and then 36 last year. What did Rollins do last year? I can't, actually can't remember. He must have done. Oh, that's it. I remember what he did now. Yeah. Wait, who, was, who, was, what? <laughs> who did, who did Seth Rollins face? Yeah, who did he face at WrestleMania last year? Uh, it took me a little while. 
I just remember the dive. Mine's gone blank. um, Kevin Owens. Was it Kevin Owens? Yes, of course. Yes. How did I forget that? Because I think everybody forgot last year's WrestleMania. Uh, But like I said, Rollins has got a great um, uh, WrestleMania record. And of course, we'll play a couple of other games in a little bit. Uh, We then move on. Natalia uh, with Tamina squared off with Women's Tag Team Champion Baszler. Uh, before the match you really get started, the Queen of Hearts cut the small package roll up and scored the pinfall victory. After the match, the tag champs beat Natalia down before the right squad make the save. Mandy raised the day the brute joined the fray, followed by Naomi and Lana. Eventually, Tamina joined Natty for a heart attack on Lana before standing tall. Um, again, this is what the women get. Just this. Just, yeah, it's just very rushed. It literally, None of it made sense, and it was just a little bit boring. It was awful. And then backstage, Carmella... Um, took accepted Billy Kay's resume to have a look at it, so they might have another team um, for the tag team tournament match that was announced Even later we could on. Just, you know, get a reunited Billy Kay, but yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. This is yeah, this is my prediction as well that yeah. that happens, and we and it's also a hope. I think I think yeah. it's a hope as well. We're going to be so let down over WrestleMania. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be unbelievable. <laughs> um, Sammy Zayn welcomed Logan Paul uh, for the uh, reveal of the trailer. Um, d- what did you think of the trailer? Because obviously it was the first premiere of it. Um, I actually loved the, the, the editing of this trailer. Um, I'm excited to watch it, to be honest, just because of the way that it was edited was brilliant. Um, Sam, Sammy is just such a great character um, and if it wasn't for the fact that Logan Paul was in this section then it would have been perfect but yeah I'm, I'm well, very excited <laughs> to see this documentary well this is the thing and the way it was done and all this like, I'm really really kind of enjoyable you're going oh I can't wait to actually see the whole thing if there actually is going to be a whole thing or not I, I just really don't know I really hope there is I really <laughs> yeah. hope there is I'll be utterly disappointed if there isn't actually a documentary on this like, Sammy you couldn't have made something up for us come on well Owens came out from um, from the crowd and well, I say crowd from the <laughs> not a crowd anymore is it the Thunderdome <laughs> and dropped yep. Zay with a stunner to end the segment um, Owens said he can stun anyone at any time Zayn attacked from out of nowhere and vowed to see KO at Wrestlemania backstage uh, love Zayn love Owens I would enjoy a double turn at Mania with Sammy actually getting screwed and Owens being part of a bigger conspiracy really and uh, but turning uh, in terms of like on who like well this is the thing like um, to be because you know you know like a, the rant is of a madman and what about if we actually got proof of like do you know what Zane I, I think the referee you know gave Owens oh, a little bit of advantage okay yeah 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 no I would actually love it if, like, Sammy could actually prove that he was right. I think it would be so much fun. And I think it will also be, like, a, a nice sort of slight node into um, the fact that, like, a lot of the fans constantly complain that it is, like, you know, sort of favourite favorite pickings, so to yeah. speak. So, yeah, definitely would be interesting to see whether or not that actually fully plays out. It would be funny if, you know, Zane's like, did anybody see it? And people are like, yeah, we actually did that time. <laughs> like, maybe you aren't. <laughs> Maybe you are, and Owens can deny it. Yeah, Owens denies it, guys. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You're crazy. Uh, But (laughs) (laughs) we had Bianca Belair battling uh, Carmella. 
she did a promo before saying she wanted to real Sasha Banks and she's got it. There will be no excuses after Mania when she beats her. I really like that. I like what Belair was saying. The fact that I want, I want mm-hmm. the real Sasha Banks. You know, I don't want any excuses. Um, exactly, yeah. See Blair get a tap full of match and getting worked over to the break, but Blair fought her way back into the match and put her away with the KOD. Afterwards, Blair celebrated the win. Banks attempted a sneak attack, but he is he stopped her. WrestleMania, not tonight. The victor stood tall to end the segment while Banks held her title high and reminded her who holds the power in this division. Carmella dominated, but as Blair said, she was just going to get through her. Uh, we've had all the build now. I cannot wait for Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair. Yeah, I mean, again, I think I think these women did um, brilliantly with sort of like the amount of time that they had to sort of build something up. And I really like that they've they've kind of kept it so that, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen during this match. These two women both are just as talented as one another. So it's going to be very exciting to see this match in its whole and, and see who, who comes out victorious. Yeah, I think without a doubt. We then see Corbin. Corbin says, blah, 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 blah. He will beat Drew. Uh, then we get Apollo Crews cutting the promo, officially challenging Biggie to a Nigerian drum match for the Intercontinental Championship of WrestleMania. There's no, no further idea what the fuck that is, um, I, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's just something WWE made up on the spot. It's just, I expect something so fucking like, racist, you know lame. what I mean? I, like, I think I it's going to be lame. Yeah. I just don't know. I've got horrible feeling what they're going to try and do for that. But um, we'll, really, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping that it, it's it's not too openly racist, you know, to a point where, like, you know, say Apollo Crews is like, no, I'm not doing that sort of thing, you know? You'd, you'd hope so. Like I said, you'd, you'd um, hope so. So I hope that it's selfish. But, yeah, like I mean, I was not excited in the slightest at hearing that this was going to be a Nigerian jump, drum match because I honestly was like, I don't know what to expect, but it's probably not going to be good. No, I, think well, the, I think the men, the men themselves in the match will be good, but I think whatever this Nigerian... It's going to put your opponent in a drum match, you're saying, roll your drum down the entrance. It's going to be something fucking... Yeah. I just yeah. like dreading that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Edge joined Mark Cole, Corey Graves at ring five for the night's playing between Daniel Bryan and Jay Uso. Uh, we see uh, Uso rocking Bryan with steel chair as he attempts to go top over Suicida, but the former W champion will back with chair shot of his own. Before he could do any more damage, Roman Reigns appeared at the top of the ramp with Paul Heyman as the show headed to the final commercial break. Back from a timeout, Uso produced a steel chain and delivered a clothesline with it. He blasted Bryan with shots to the face, delivered a fog splash for a two count. Uh, as Haven Khan reigns on the stage. Brian fought back into the match, catching Uso with a missile drop kick, kicked the hell out of Uso as Edge took exception to Cole, calling Brian the best high pressure competitor in WWE. Brian caught Uso in a yes lock and tapped him out. What were your thoughts on this matchup? I mean, I, I thought it was a great match. Uh, it was quite an exciting one and I, I did enjoy it. Um, I, I do admit that I'm getting a little bit fed up of seeing uh, Jay Uso be sort of Roman, ma- Roman Reigns like squash man. Um, especially when he Jay had such an amazing match against Roman himself anyway. We know that um, he deserves more than this. I'm really hoping that um, he's going to get like a bit more of an individual separate push away from being part of this sort of storyline with Roman once Jay is back. I'm just hoping that something will pick up for him because I think he deserves it. Well, Jay Uso hasn't won a match since November the 6th. Yep, exactly, uh, exactly. He deserves a lot more than than what they're giving him. Like right now, like I said, it, 
I don't think he constantly needs to be Roman Reigns' squash man, and he's just being made to look weak when I don't feel like he needs to be, especially when he came across really strong in his match against his own cousin. Well, one um, little detail I did like is the fact that Jay tapped the same way Roman did. So any excuse yeah. Roman, you know, says, oh, it wasn't a proper tap out. Well, we've seen it from Jay. Uh, Brian yeah. rolled out the ring and attacked Edge, stunning him with a running knee and slamming into the ring post. He rushed the ramp and stunned Reigns with another knee, then applied a submission to the Tribal Chief. Brian said tall points to the sky, momentum by his side, ended to WrestleMania, which he hopes history repeats itself. Uh, quick note, Edge was great on commentary too, filling the role of paranoid bad guy. Uh, this match is yeah. the true main event of WrestleMania, isn't it? You know? It is really, and it's it's got three high end talented wrestlers in it. Um I don't think you can go wrong. Um, regardless as to the outcome, the match itself is going to be history making. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And then Thunder the Fourth, we got some news and WWE released a bunch of news during WrestleMania week on the network. We're going to get five new original series with W, including the Hall of Fame reduction ceremony, Steve Austin Broken Skull Session with Chris Jericho, Prime Target with Cole and Riley. Not really worth checking out. Uh, the Ultimate NXT TakeOver and the Ultimate WrestleMania. We get four new documentaries as well. These are The Day Off Fastlane 2021. It's all right. Uh, Untold Edge vs. Mick Foley, Chronicle Edge and WWE 24, The Miz. Uh, and, of course, you've got several of the WrestleMania main events as well coming up there. And finally, one to Raw. It's the last Raw before WrestleMania, 5th of April. And it opened with McIntyre making his way to the ring. We saw a clip of Corbin attacking him last week uh, before Scotch Royal delivered a promo about his upcoming fight with Lashley. He got a little choked up. He talks about the conversation he had with his mother over the years about his career and all the sacrifices he has to make. Lashley came out of MP to cut his promo short. Another full entrance for fucking Bobby Lashley. Um, Lashley called McIntyre a great champion, but said his time was over. McIntyre tried to provoke a fight, but MVP told him he would have to Corbin joined the party and said he's going to stop McIntyre from ever making it to WrestleMania. Does this actually feel like a WrestleMania main event or does this need something more? No, not really. Not really. I mean, I I think, do you know what the issue is with it? Again, we'll go right back to like the the original start of our our, um, session, which is like it just really feels like a very bland storyline where it feels um, like the build up hasn't really been as, as exciting. So. It's not that I'm not looking forward to this match, but I also don't think that this is going to be, uh, you know, the match of the night. No, I, and I think, you know, a lot of people get onto it, but you look at my way SmackDown, look at what's happening on Raw, and you just think, like, what is going on? But uh, Matt, Matt Riddle is a moron. At least he didn't forget his line this time. And then the first match of the night was a rematch from last week featuring Styles taking on Woods. Uh, Styles struck first with a few punches and a hip toss. And Styles locked Woods in the car crusher, but it's for a microphone at Omos. They said to Woods to roll up Styles for the pin. New Day celebrated and the challenges looked on in anger. If AJ wasn't AJ, I would be worried about where the character is going. But as Macho Man said, the cream always rises to the top, so I'm not that worried. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, um, I think either way that either way of the outcome for this match, I don't think that there's going to be a lose-lose situation. Um, the New Day are just Re- really great with and without the belts, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see how things play out. Yeah, I think for this segment, it's a waste of all the talent involved and almost. Uh, anyway, the promo video, uh, we see a promo video with Braun saying, "Who looks stupid now?" As train noises play in the fucking promo video. So you look. Oh stupid, no, Braun. I noticed. I noticed <laughs> this, and I'm just like, 
Right. Okay, Braun, are you really actually what Shane has proven to be right, which is really stupid that you're not even speaking up about the fact that this is absolutely ridiculous that they've put a train in your in your music? Like how much of a joke are you wanting to be? I just want him to go like do do like play the Thompson Tank engine. Honestly, it will get there. It will get there. Watch. Yeah, with the way they're going. With the way they're going, it's gonna happen. It's crazy. Well, Braun Strowman delivered a passionate promo for Insider Steel Cage about his WrestleMania showdown with Shane. I mean, he works for these promos, and I do like his attitude, but at the moment, he's kind of stuck with this, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, and it's really not his fault, but I kind of just don't care because of Shane McMahon. Yeah, this is a problem. He brought out a last and Jackson Riker to face him in a handicap match, and Strowman immediately uh, took control of the situation. Well, this is what it was. It was a squash. He recovered a hit yeah, by from but then, like, you know, why is it that he's having so much trouble with someone as weak and and little as Shane McMahon, who is who is much older and not a wrestler anymore? Why is well, this? It just t- shouldn't be. This shouldn't be happening. I tell you why. WWE hates Elias, and we pointed this out. And they hate Elias because they, they wouldn't. Yeah, well, they hate Braun just as much. Oh well, we, Elias is now a jobber. Um, but this actually yeah. added to the match at Mania a little bit with with Braun and Shane. And then, ugh, fucking hell, Miz and Morrison painted Bad Bunny's car. Uh, I don't With know a lot about colours. Well, I don't. Colours. Well, I don't know much about cars, so this was a white one. All right. Uh, so this was a Bugatti. So this is definitely like one of those really high up cars that you don't want to fuck with. So yeah, I'd be pissed as well if they if they just went and ruined a Bugatti the, the way that they did. However, it like. It was very much watered down paint, and you could tell. So, you know, just get a wet sponge, and it will just come straight off. So, a Bugatti for an then, I guess, in the car. Kind of, yeah, <laughs> like, I'd say that is, you know, that you know how probably some of us in the UK will probably be like, oh my gosh, look at that Lamborghini. It's probably as high up as as that. Um, but they're really, they're really expensive. So don't. Well, this is, this is the one, thing. Unless so... you're a millionaire. Bad Bunny can't believe it. Miz and Morrison then jump him. And as Miz is beating him down, he goes, yeah, that's right. Your 3.6 million car I've just destroyed. And I'm going, all no, right. Do you know, <laughs> I was, the, the worst part about it was that, you know, was when shortly after the ref turned up or Adam turned up and then, and then Damien Priest turned up. Like, where have you been this whole time? Shouldn't you have been with him this whole time anyway? And then, like, it, it was also the way he came across. He was like, he comes over and he's like, what happened? Looks at the car like he couldn't see it in the fucking, you know, way there anyway. And then says, Mr. Morrison again? Like, they haven't been the bane of your issues in the first place. Like, Wait, it's <laughs> the, that it's part not, it, made me laugh. It's the bit before where they come back for, come back for a break. And you obviously you got the, and of course, we've just seen uh, Bad Bunny and his car get destroyed. You see him and they go, and that's why he's in a bad mood for. And then he walks around and sees the car for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As if he didn't see what they did. Why are you going back to the car if you didn't know what happened to it in the first what? place? Do you know why what I mean? Why are you so, so pissed off? Like, <laughs> do you know what would have made more sense? If, if both him and Damien Priest were in the middle of walking back to the car and then they discover it like that. Then there's more justification yeah. for them jumping them and everything <sighs> and so forth. But like you know, Damien Priest coming over and going, Miz and Morrison again? As a, like who else is gonna do it, Damien? Who else? 
the thing is, is anybody's interested in knowing I drive a blue one, just in case anybody wants to know about the car that I drive. Um, Oscar out next, <laughs> followed by Ripley, who will get a live performance at WrestleMania. And that's quite good for Ray Ripley to get a live performance at WrestleMania. Yeah, um, I mean, that if I'm not telling you sort of like spoilers right there, then I don't know what what is. Um, but that being said, I'm re- I really do love Rhea Ripley's entrance. So I'm excited to see sort of all of this with, with uh, her performing as well. Yeah, I think about that. They face the Dementors, uh, uh, Baszler and Jax. That's seen as they suck the life out wherever they go. Um, Honestly, so we... yeah, I just didn't see the point of this. This match it's... to me was pointless, and they need to stop actually doing it. Where if if someone's having a match and they're they're now opponents, stop teaming them together. It, it it doesn't make for good TV. It really does just make us fans question, well, why are they teaming together if they're going to face each other in two weeks? This is the thing. I mean, Oscar got got both opponents with a series of quick moves. The Empress climbed to the top turn, buckle Ripley shoved her to the ground. She threw Oscar back in, so Bazzler hit running knee for the win. There was no kind of... Yes, there was a couple of tags where, uh, you know, I think Oscar got taps in the head with a tag and a couple of others, but there was no kind of real argument to get to that point of Ripley going, yeah. you know what? You know, do you know what, yeah. babe? Fuck yeah. Yeah, there was no there was no need for it. And I think that they could have actually do, uh, probably done some better storytelling had they not, um, had they, like, so for example, my idea would have been like, you know, say having Rhea Ripley uh, face off against either Nia, Nia Jax or Shayna. Then, then all of a sudden they're getting, uh, Rhea gets tag teamed. She's getting really beat up on. Oscar actually comes out for the save, and then that causes Rhea to attack her, being like, "Don't pity me. I'm your opponent." And then, you know, you get that build up of 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 that. Then that would have told so much better storytelling than, "Yeah, we're gonna put them, you guys as partners," and then Rhea just like lose your shit with her and just push her off and just. Well, the the thing is as well, it's Oscar losing again because she's yeah. just an afterthought in everything, you know. Exactly. Um, as as for the WrestleMania match, you know what? I would have Ray Ripley lose, right? Only because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Oscar, but I think having that bottler storyline, you know, can't win the big one. You failed against Charlotte at WrestleMania, you failed against Oscar. You know, can you actually yeah. get the job done? And then turn yeah. it out to kind of a long-term storyline of when she does get that victory, what it will mean yeah. as opposed to just kind of beating Oscar at Mania now, if you know what I mean. Like, Do you, do you know, I actually kind of feel like this is more, this is more uh, kind of like um, a, a hangman page type storyline, um, you know, where they could actually have um, uh, like Rhea just on a real losing streak the minute that she gets to the main roster, you know, and then like actually have that redeeming match, you know, later on down the line. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and like I said the Alan Page thing works out perfectly because I've been saying that for months as well, that he should be beating Kenny Omega for the, for the championship down the road is how the story goes and yeah why, sure. and why the w- story like throughout all of it has been great so that they should kind of have that same momentum when it comes to um when it comes to it yeah to say with ripley and everything i think it makes sense i mean is ripley a hill i guess it doesn't matter you know but um J- Jax, Baz and Reg asked if they are ready for Mania backstage. There will be a tag gauntlet and the winners face the champs on night two. You see the rest of the tag team division roll up before they can get much of anywhere. The old banter ahead of the four-way contenders match at Mania. Billy Kay walks out like one point saying she's waiting on Carmella. 
Uh, and like we talked about, calling it now, Royce answers a call, they win the gold, and it becomes iconic. That's what we want. This is what we want. Whether or not we get it is, <laughs> yeah. But this is the this that is, is the outcome that everyone wants. I, I already know it. Now, the reaction for that would be incredible as well, you know. That yeah, would be a yeah, pop and a half. It really um, would. Up next, we get Cedric versus full entrance Bobby. That's two for the night. Anybody counting at home? Uh, Benjamin and Alexander confronted MVP backstage. Uh, before the match began, Benjamin and Lashley to wear him down. Once Lashley was able to get free, the ref called for the bell and the Almighty began beating Alexander in the corner. The high fly hit a pair of suicide dives. When they got back in the ring, the Almighty countered the DDT attempt. Shelton pleaded with Lashley to resent as he applied the hurt lock for the win. When he refused to break the hold, Benjamin came to his partner, Aid. Lashley mm-hmm. grabbed the gold stand and put him in the same hold until he passed out. Oh, do you remember the good times when the hurt business used to be together, eh? When that, when that yeah, good time. It's just, it's really sad, actually. It was really sad to see see it all happen that way. Yeah, it is, it is a shame. And then we get a video package for Randy Orton Fiend feud follows. And then we get Bad Bunny and Damien Priest making their entrance. And we get another recap of the Miz and Morrison's mm-hmm. painting Bunny's car. Priest gets the mic and he wants to even the odds of making this a tag match. Uh, Bad gets on the mic and says he just came, he just came here following his dreams before he loves his business. Mm-hmm. He remembers watching Raw and SmackDown with his dad and his brothers and his family and friends. And a lot of good memories of WWE. The fact he said he used to watch Raw and SmackDown with his family. Like he doesn't watch yeah. the program now. <laughs> like when it was oh, good. I mean, like, you know yeah. what though, to to be honest, this this was one of um, those promos that I actually really enjoyed from Bad Bunny. I I felt like I um I could feel his passion for the company, and I felt like he really sold like you know the whole I'm disappointed because of I used to like you, Miz, and and this and yeah maybe I was at fault. Um, I wanted to have a WrestleMania moment or a Royal Rumble moment and stuff like that, but like you could really resonate with where he was coming from, you know. So I just felt like that promo was really passionate. Um, coming from Bad Bunny, this is what makes me excited for the match more, just because of I. I can see the dedication that he has to putting his effort in for the company. So I'm intrigued to see what he comes out with in the ring. Yeah, I think without doubt, I couldn't add anything to that. Uh, the Miz and Morrison accept the tag match and they drive off in a limousine. I am glad it's a tag team match. Now alone, Priest gets his yeah. moment. Uh, we see Mustafa Ali's walking backstage when he runs into Sheamus. Sheamus tries to warn him about Riddle, but Ali cuts him off and says, Matt represents everything he wants to change about WWE. Amen. I yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, Seamus joined the commentary stream to watch my stuff rally battle riddle. The US champ always had Ali in a triangle choke right away, but it's forced to break. Uh, we turned from a break to see Ali in control, but Riddle quickly began to mount some offense. He uh then hit the uh I'm not even gonna call it that. He, he riddle won basically. Um <laughs> I wanted Ali it to was, win. It was, it was poor. It was a poor way to do it. And to be honest, Mustafa Ali again, he he deserves better. He's such a brilliant wrestler, and I think he's just being wasted as a jobber, and and it's a waste of his talent. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I wanted him to win to make it triple threat match, but obviously they're not mm. going to give us that. Uh, we need I, to address how. Yeah, we need to address how WWE added a graphic of birds appearing to fly out of Riddle's ass as he kicked off his sandals. Um, yep, got that out of the way. That's cool. Um, and then, <laughs> then the main event, Matar and Corbin, the match that no one actually wanted. 
Um, I was just match- about to say that, James. <laughs> We've got great minds thinking of like the match no one wanted. We're, we're trying to build up WrestleMania. And, like we are excited. I will, you know, we like are. but we are. Yeah. I mean, so basically just getting, you know, sort of even the match itself. And then after that, with having, you know, the third entrance, the third and final entrance of Bobby Lashley. It was. Just... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's just, you know what? I mean, come on. Um, both men came close to winning several times. McIntyre, the Claymore. I mean, it's Corbett McIntyre. Did we expect Savage Steamboat? I suppose not, but still. Um, but I mean, it's... like, if anyone actually expected Corbin to win, then like, you know, I, I'm deeply shocked for for them if they actually thought he had a chance at winning. So this match to me just came across as very pointless. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. It was, and it missing a spark of a great Mania main event when Raw ends kind of like this. Uh, so yeah. that is it. But ha- how has the road to WrestleMania been since the Rumble for you? Have you enjoyed it? Are we in a better place now than we were when we were just about to watch the Rumble, you know, or, or the um, level of excitement maybe dipped down a little bit? I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I do think that the the excitement level for a, a majority, a certain majority of the matches are, the, the excitement is there. Um, I, I do think that there has been some great storytelling um, on the road to WrestleMania, but only for a subjective few. Um, I, I'm definitely excited for, for not just NXT TakeOver coming up, um, but also for WrestleMania. But I also am just really hoping that we, we are going to get some new fresh content that's going to come out of as a result of the upcoming pay-per-view because I, I do think that we need a lot more change within the company and I'm hoping that um, you know we, we will start to see signs of that within WrestleMania. So we'll, we'll see. Let's, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it is. Well, we're going to run through the cast quickly. We talked about WrestleMania, SmackDown. We've got the Angela Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Of course, the SmackDown tag team titles on the line, Dirty Dogs Mysterios, Alpha Academy and Street Profits. Of course, Universal Champion Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan and Edge to address the WWE Universe as well. We move on to night one and we've got Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Sasha Banks and Blair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. The New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos for the Royal Tag Team titles. Shout Man versus Braun Strowman. Bad Bunny and Priest versus Demis and Morrison. Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. And Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose versus Lana and Naomi versus Natalia and Tamina versus the White Riot Squad. And, of course, the winners will face the champs on night two. Um, what are you thinking about night one? And also, um, what running order would you have? Because we've been told now that uh, Drew and Bobby will start the show, because I think it's fair for Drew to get the, the fan reaction for the very first entrance, you know? Um, um, I, I definitely think, yeah, that's going to happen. I think if I if I'm being if I'm being a little bit, I might be a bit um, presumptuous here, but I think we're going to get back to the Bel Air main and event. They do, wouldn't that be brilliant if they did Braun versus Shane just to fuck us? <laughs> oh my gosh! If they do that, they will lose so much viewership in that last twenty or so minutes. It would be it would be hilarious to actually see how many how many viewers that they actually lose during that. Um, but I want to say, yeah, Banks and Belair. Um, I think the, the match I'm looking forward to the most, I'm going to say the tag team turmoil. And that is mainly because I'm really hoping, and I never, never thought I'd say this, 
but I'm really hoping that we are going to get a return of the Iconics and they are actually going to take this tag team division to a different level. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I mean, like I said, I think um, Banks and Belair deserves to be the main event of the first night of WrestleMania. I think it'll be a huge statement. Uh, yeah. And I think Sasha, Sasha Banks definitely deserves it. And I think just a bit of history here as well. There's not going to be a better time to do it at the moment. We've complained about the women's wrestling, but to have it I in mean, the main it event. Actually, history making it again because of it not not about it being like you know the the women to perform in the main event, but like the first African American women to both occupy the main event at WrestleMania. That would just be an um, amazing moment for all the the young little girls um, and boys out there that look out to both Sasha and Bianca as idols. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, the thing is, is especially with Sasha Banks for the and people who've been listening to the Dublin podcast since you know 2015, whatever it is, will know that for me personally as well, she's one of the main reasons why women's wrestling, uh, why you know st- we started to look at it and, and treat it as important as it should be treated because mm-hmm. you know she, kind of she was for me, I always say she wrestled like a man. It's not a slap in the face to the women, but I think they've even mentioned it with the kind of style that they do, the kind of high wrist moves, the spots. I mean, Sasha Banks are talking about a match with Bailey and saying there were certain things that, you know, the men didn't want them to do. And it's crazy to think. And I think if they can get to that stage, especially when, you know, Becky Lynch and Charlotte have been talked about, I do think it's a travesty that Bailey is nowhere to be seen. Yeah. I mean, should we be worried? Uh, Should we we be worried for for the superstar to get involved? Do we think Bailey's going to get involved in this? I mean, personally, I think this is going to be, this is going to be a great um, opportunity for uh, Bianca Belair to like show how, how talented she really is. I'm not sure whether or not they will like show any forms of Bailey being involved in it, but I just hope no, that it I doesn't take bet- away from, from the event in itself. Yeah, but just Bailey overall, like having a match against, as in not involved in the the main event as such, but just oh, to be yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. You know, as in just somewhere on yeah. on the hopefully, even if it's a kickoff show, because how important she's been, I would agree with you that yeah. and, and Banks. I think that is the match, the singles match I'm looking forward to maybe the most, even over across both nights, if you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, right, so we're going to do a little bit of a quiz now. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot, basically, is what I'm going to do. Because we know Bobby Lashley is facing Drew McIntyre this year at WrestleMania. Who did Bobby Lashley face at last year's WrestleMania? Oh, God. Wait, wait, I've forgotten. I, I actually couldn't remember, and I've looked it up, and I can't believe it. Lashley faced and yeah. lost to, last year, he lost to Alistair Black. Oh, shut up, he did, didn't he? Like, see, this is what I mean, though, James. Like, this, again, goes back to saying about, you know, uh, you've got you've even got uh, Braun Strowman, who this time last year was facing Goldberg and winning the title, and now you've got Shane McMahon facing him because of Bro- he keeps telling Braun he's stupid. Well, I was going to say this. These are going to ask who was Universal Champion at last year's WrestleMania? Goldberg. Yeah, and this is a great one. This is a really good one. Who challenged for the Raw Tag Team Titles? Because we know it's AJ and Omos. If you get this, I I, I don't know what I can give you, but I I will be amazed because I don't think anybody would be able to say. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. I, honestly, when I tell you, you'll be like, Was it heavy No, <laughs> the team challenges for all tag team titles last year was Gaza and Austin Theory. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck were they thinking last year? <laughs> you like, forgot about that. 
Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. Unbelievable how much it can change in a year. Uh, and then on to night two, we've got Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan Universal Championship, Oscar versus Ray Ripley for the Raw Women's Championship, Biggie versus Apollo Crews IFC title, The Fiend versus Randy Orton, Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens, Riddle versus Sheamus, and Baszler and Jax versus whoever it should be. Um, we've talked about Banks and Blair headlining, Reigns, Edge, and Bryan night two. Yeah, if it's not them, then that would be like the worst booking mistake that they that WWE could ever make. To be fair, they're not going to do Fiend and Orton, are they? Like, they're no, not, they're like, not. Like, and if oh. they did, that would probably get turned off too, because I don't know how many people are looking for. It, it depends on how cinematic this match is going to be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If they do it early, then maybe that's right, or maybe in co-main event. But um, like I said, if it if this was a one-night WrestleMania. I would think Brian Edge and Reigns would headline that over kind of everything else that we've got on the card. Um, yeah. But but it's weird because we talk about Oscar and Banks both defending the Raw Women's uh, both defending their Women's Championship. Oscar uh, is trying to break her losing streak. Banks have had their fair share of marquee matches at Mania. Oscar's yeah. record at the event is is naught and three, while Sasha Banks' record is naught and five. If you were going to say one of these records were going to end, who would you back, Oscar or Banks? Uh, that's a that's a really tough one because I do feel like both Oscar and Sasha have had such WrestleMania-worthy moments already that were just thwarted. Um, so I feel like both of them have like quite the option to be able to be re- redeemed by breaking that streak this time round. As much as I'd love to say Oscar, I think it would is likely to be banks sasha bank that might break this um be, just because as like you said before about uh, Rhea ripley i feel like i i feel like Rhea should lose um in order to like sort of do sort of a redeeming storyline later on down the line but i do feel like they're probably going to take it off of oscar now so i don't yeah. think that oscar's going to get her chance it's, it's, it's a shame in it really when you look at like just just know anyone watching just know that if if she does lose. There will still be a little bit of me sat on the floor crying about it because I feel like she deserves it. <laughs> oh, that's depressing. Well, yeah. <laughs> match, uh, Thanks, talk about matches. Yeah, no problem. Matches that will steal the show. Um, talk about matches that steal the show. I think if Banks and Belair do what I know they can do, this can be a match of the year candidate. I think there's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, yeah. I feel Owens and Zayn depended on time. I'm hoping Owens and Zayn have a, a long match to tell a story, but this might be yeah. Zayn just distracted and then hit uh, Owens hit a stunner and it's over within 30 seconds, you know? Yeah, yeah. I also think Cesaro and Rollins could have like quite a, a, a an exciting match if they're if they're given enough time and just allowed to kind of just do what they want to do, like let Cesaro be Cesaro, you know? So um. That could be a potential winner as well. Yeah, I completely agree with you there. Um, Orton is six and ten at WrestleMania. He's got an awful WrestleMania record. Um, out of the two nights, I think night one might shade it for me. Oh, out of the two, um, just because of the, um, I'm interested in, like I said, the WWE title match. I'm actually, I'm, I'm interested in both the, you know, the men's world title matches and the women's title match. And I think it's the undercard that's gonna. Across yeah. out of the two nights, which one are you kind of favouring? Um, I'm gonna go more with uh, uh, 
uh, the second uh, night as well. And I think that is predominantly because, um, you know, you've got things such as for me, I'm really looking forward to whether or not my my inkling is right and whether or not we're going to get the Iconics who might win the tag turmoil. So there's a level of excitement already going into night two as to not knowing who's going to be taking that uh, that position uh, for night two. Um, there, there are just quite a few matches that I think that are better well built up um, for night two as well. So yeah, I'm going to say night two. Yeah, and then uh, I think Drew and Bobby might be better than expected. I will say that. I think uh, people might think, oh, it's not going to be a good match. I think they're going to try and give everything in there. But I feel let down in story building-wise for this. I would have put Brock Lesnar in this match. And, and, I'm, and I know people go, oh, not Brock Lesnar. But he would have added it to the spectacle. It tells a logical story with the, with Drew McIntyre last year. And, of course, the kind of <laughs> Bobby Lashley wants his dream match with him so many times. Fans yeah. don't want him to win. So fans don't want Brock to win. So if Drew gets it, the pop would be bigger if it would yeah. be in a single, you know, because that's the problem. The fans turn on Drew exactly, during this matchup. Of, like, I'm also worried as to how weak Bobby Lashley is going to look at this being just a one-on-one. And if Drew wins it, which like I feel like there's a there's a potential that he is, um, it, it just goes back to look, making Bobby come across so weak. So having someone like Brock uh, even brought in there would have helped that uh, us not feel like that you know yeah i feel like that i mean brock has had a mania match every year since 2013 so this is going to be kind of you know something quite different but i'm i'm old enough as well last last couple of things here i'm old enough to remember when they think wwe didn't care about smackdown you know when they kind of was frozen yeah. and all the people yeah i mean you compare the build between the raw and smackdown main events We've got the two Rumble winners on SmackDown. You've got the story that they have at their edge. They've got the story with Banks and Blair compared to the three-week build with Oscar and Ripley and what we've seen with last year McIntyre. It's, it's, it, I don't say disgusting, but it's, it's crazy when you look at the difference in the builds. Yes, I completely agree. And I think that was that's ultimately like my main point when it comes to probably sounding a, a lot like a wet blanket. It is predominantly the fact that when it comes to the, the men's division, it still seems like um, there's a lot more time given to story building. Whereas with with the build up of the female matches that we are getting, there's not been that much build up. So um, WWE need to get better at that. It's not even just with the women's division. It's also even with the tag team division. As you said, they could have done a lot more storytelling where, you know, um, it, it was more than just New Day versus AJ and Omos. They could have had it like a triple threat, potentially, you know, fatal four way even. You know, that's what tag title matches at WrestleMania used to always be about, an opportunity for all tag teams to be able to, you know, make their way and try and go for the belts. Um, I think they... WWE lose sight of that sometimes. They just need to bring some of their old school way of thinking back. Well, I completely agree because you look at the Fiend and the Orton storyline. That's been going on since the stand before that. And that should have been the main story or concentrating on uh, WWE Raw. Because if you look at like Survivor Series or Rumble Time, every time they used to interact, you go, oh, this could be happening at WrestleMania rather mm-hmm. than the night after Chamber going, Right, this is your main your main event now because you know this is this is yeah. what we want. You kind of want yeah. that a little bit before, but I mean I'm going to turn it round now because obviously it's a bit you know not negativity, just truth I suppose. But we yeah. are generally excited for WrestleMania. WrestleMania week we and the event is one of the you know best moments of the year, isn't it? 
It is. It is. I'm extremely looking forward to it. And just because, you know, it does come across sometimes like it, it, we could be criticizing it. It's all because we love this this promotion so much that we just wish we want the the very most out of it, you know. So it's always constructive. Yeah, I think without a doubt, you know, and uh, like we say, um, we will be bringing you the full WrestleMania event of course, uh, next week. Uh, we'll decide if it's Tuesday or Wednesday, I suppose, if we want to um, include Raw with it or not. I suppose that'll be down to you, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we can always ha- have that discussion and then see see what works best. Exactly. So that's not public. But WrestleMania will definitely be getting reviewed uh, next week between myself and Jackson. Of course, the WWE will be back on Saturday when we host, uh, when we bring you the two massive nights of NXT stand and deliver as well of course with nxt uk prelude there is so much wrestling here to shake a stick at but it's good times i mean you know you talk about wherever you're in the world or growing up you know it's it's mm-hmm. just it's a great time to be a wrestling fan isn't it it really is the, the, these are one of the most exciting uh weeks within a wrestling fan's life so definitely kind of join it join in with us on the wrestling week and and see what we've got to say and see whether or not we eat our own words when it comes to um <laughs> the events that take place <laughs> that's what i'll say we've built up for two uh two hours now so we'll see what happens at wrestlemania uh, if anybody yeah. You know, with the 24 hours of stuff that WWE are bringing out, or like, you know, the, the 12 hour stuff WWE are bringing out, if you still want more action, you want to get yourself in the mood for WrestleMania, two documentaries. First off, the true story of WrestleMania, which is on the WWE Network, is, is a brilliant one. I always watch it every year to kind of get me in the mood. And the other one is on the WrestleMania 20, the mania behind WrestleMania. And it talks about the story of WrestleMania 19, which is probably one of the most craziest uh, goings on around. So if anything like that, to, to definitely catch up on but you won't need it because you've got the WNR you've got uh, the WB network uh, and that'll be it and it, that's it for today as well for our show our follow of the week is Puro Seeker don't forget across all social media Twitter at the WNR podcast I'm of course at the WNR JR um, do you want to just plug your stuff yep um, and I'm at Jaxie Skyler on both Instagram and Twitter Awesome. And the WNR also on Facebook and Instagram, of course, all the Google platforms. Send us an email at WNR podcast at gmail.com and YouTube WNR podcast with all the latest clips and podcasts about the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone and also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Like I said, next episode is Saturday NXT Takeover Stand and Deliver. Uh, WrestleMania with Jaxie next week as well. But until then, I have been James Bowens, and I had the uh, pleasure to be joined by uh, Jaxie Scarlett. Again, thank you very much for helping me hype up the final uh, (laughs) stop on the road to WrestleMania. Of course, no problem. It's been great being part of this. So I'll see you again soon. Without a shadow of a doubt. And like I said, thank you for listening, everybody. And bye.